Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. And good evening. This is the Word with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We are live here at the biggest and the baddest comedy shop in all of Long Island. Governors in Levittown, in the heart of Levittown, because it's part of their heart. Tonight we are joined by some distant guests and some local favorites. But before we get to all of that, we must read some sponsors. Just as a reminder, today we are live on YouTube, live on the Facebook, and if you are watching and listening, tell a buddy, tell a friend, subscribe, listen, follow, whatever you got to do. Steven, take it away with Rosie's Draft Solutions. Rosie's Draft Solutions is a loyal family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, craft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. They are passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery and is only done by making sure the draft system lines are perfectly clean. Tight. Rosie's serves services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerator installs across Long Island and Westchester. You can find them at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com or call them at 631-209-2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Mention the work, get a little discount, and they'll uh, give high you... High fives, high ones. They'll give you high ones. I like the high ones. I like, I, well, they gave me a high three li- recently, and oh, I that's fine nice. with that. Is yeah. that like the Boy Scout motto? Yes. They were like, boom. Yeah, yeah they're like, hey, boom, hey, there boom. you go. Like it. And uh, well, I get a badge. Okay. So. <laughs> it's it's your your clean uh, tap badge. Your tap badge. Like they have on untapped. I like <laughs> you know. I like well, that. they probably did. So go over to Rosie's Draft Solutions and give them a call. And when you talk to them, tell them, tell Nick that the word sent you received 10% Nicky. off your order, your cleaning. Rosie's Draft Solutions. Tonight we're also sponsored by Brewbag for your beer pong cornhole. I got to tell you, I played the shit out of Brewbag uh, brew um, over the summer. We had it out a lot at family gatherings. I have like Brewbag elbow right now. Do you? Just too many throws. <laughs> Way too many throws. That's you know, what happens when you're drunk and you just can't fucking hit the hole. Well, holes. the thing about the brew bag is it doesn't have as heavy bags no. as you would get in a standard cornhole, but it also is six holes. It's six and holes that's instead part of, of one. Part of the thing is you'd be throwing a lot of bags. Lot yeah. Of so go to brewbag.com or go to our Instagram and in the link tree link, you will find a page specifically designed for us, the Wart. And if you don't get your 10% off right there, just go ahead and type in, in the promo code, the Wart. 
and receive 10% off your order. Go to brewbag.com tonight. We're also sponsored by our buddies, our pals, over at VintageBeerShirtClub.com. VintageBeerShirtClub.com for your Vintage Beer Shirt today. Go to VintageBeerShirtClub.com for your monthly subscription to Old School Beer Logo T-Shirts. Uh, type in promo code the word and receive 10% your monthly subscription. Tonight we're also sponsored by Beer Maker. Beer Maker? Well, we have a story about the Beer Maker tonight, That's and we'll get to story. that in a moment. But we still uh, have brewed a bunch of beer in these last few months. Uh, Kolsch, a uh, Marzen, which turned out okay. It was all right. It was drinkable. Um, but go to Beer Maker for your countertop beer creation all-grain brewing system. You can uh, throw in some hops. You can actually DIY, and that's part of our story today. We were going to DIY a brew and have it today. Instead, we're drinking some uh, probably better beer in the end, not because of the ingredients, but because of the design of the machine. And, and the, the rushing. Uh, the and the rushing. The rush of trying to And your Wi-Fi. And, and pretty much anything else you can think Bluetooth of. Technology. It was a technical difficulty, as we call it, yes. in the uh, in the business. So uh, go to Beer Maker or go to our link tree and receive 10% off your order. Or type into the promo code uh, the wart. The wart. And receive 10% off your maker kit, off your supplies, off of your machine itself. Beermaker.com. Also sponsored finally by Brewers Hardware for your large capacity of small business needs. Go to Brewers Hardware. Try clamps for days, Stephen. Lots of tri clamps. I'm hoping tri clamp for president again. For president again, yes. yes. We're, we're pushing that for uh, like that. 2024. It's going to be uh, beautiful. Someone did that. Was that Brew York or was that uh, the Wart Wrangler? Who? Wart Wrangler. Wart Wrangler did uh, tri clamp for president. Mm-hmm. I love it. So go over to Brewers Hardware. Uh, they have been really great to us over the last few years. And being a sponsor on this show, go to brewershardware.com and get your uh, supplies today. And if, again, if you want to use our promo code, use right the ahead. promo code. It's called the Wart. No spaces, all caps, the wart. Uh, we qu- uh, give quick shout-outs. Uh, we're going to give a quick shout-out to Mark over at Hopscotch, our buddy over there. Any else you want to shout-out before we uh, continue on? I covered everybody, right? Well, Pete's where today again? Oh, uh, p- so, Pickleball p- tor- so Pete's cousin um, got picked for the United States uh, Junior Pickleball Association. There you go. Pete is there not playing. I thought he was playing. Is he officiating again? He's officiating. God damn it. You got it. So, everywhere. listen, he's going to be on the upper chair, which is really just a bar stool. Yeah. Not like real tennis we'd, where you have to walk up a thing. With a beer in his hand. With probably. a beer in his hand, yeah. which is smart. And, yeah, uh, yeah he's going to be uh, officiating some of the uh, preliminary semifinals, I think, and the preliminary rounds for pickleball. So, That's it's going to awesome. be interesting. I didn't know Pete knew the rules. Uh, are there rules? I, there, no, there are rules. Oh. I mean, it's very much like table tennis and tennis combined in a way. And with a little bit of ping pong in it, I guess. Well, that's what I'm saying, table tennis. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's I know. Layman's I know terms, you know. Well, when you look at it in uh, yeah. in the Olympics, it's not actually ping, ping pong, pong. It's table tennis. No, because that's the slang word yes. for table tennis. I don't think they like that. They don't no. like to think they're, no, you they're say sport ping pong. It's, like, pong. Yeah. it's like, you know, calling somebody a bad word. Yeah, that's not nice. You know. Yeah, you don't want to be that. No. You're marked as that. 100%. You don't want that. All right, so in the studio and on the phones today, which is really not the phones, we have them beaming via satellite. Our friends down in North Carolina, here they are. We have Brent from Riverbend Malt House in Asheville, North Carolina. The Cackalackas. Cackalackas. I love the Cackalackas. Uh, Emily, uh, over, she is the, I'm sorry, Brent, you are the co-founder of Riverbend Malt House. Uh, Emily, over at Rad Craft, she's also co-founding this, and... uh, we're going to hear a lot about a lot of things down in North Carolina, let me just tell you. Mm. And I was down there this summer, so I'm very interested in kind of, we, we talked about this yes. a little bit, like different things. We'll get to that in a minute. And I got uh, Vincent also from Vinny North Vincent. Carolina. He's from a brewery called Dissolver. He is on the line as well. He is a uh, head brewer and co-founder of Dissolver Brewing. And listen, I uh, 
so when it comes down to it, you know, I'm more interested, Vincent, in, um, I don't know, let's say uh, labels and beer color and stuff like that. So I got to say, out of all the three Instagrams that we were trolling through over the last few months, I watched yours more intent than most. <laughs> uh, that's our, so my business partner does all of our uh, graphic design, social media. Um, he, up until very recently, had it all laid out in a gridded format. So it would come out three at a time and it was one continuous picture and he has mm, since that's cool. killed that, that is cool. in favor of doing more uh, weird long form commercial <laughs> style ad things that are you need that nowadays you gotta yeah. kind of reinvent yourself every single time you're doing stuff nowadays otherwise it's the same old right and then you gotta you know, stand out that's what it comes down yes. to the full yeah. storyline was fantastic. Well, we, let's get to that uh, in a little bit. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, we've been trying to get this going. And I'll first start off by congratulating, Brent, you. Ten years of Riverbend Malt House and uh, doing things that I don't think anyone thought were possible. And when we started reading the list of people who you supply, we were yeah. both going, Wow. (laughs) Now that's an account anyone would love if they were supplying malt. So let's start off with you, sir, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, First, let's inform our uninformed audience about the ingredient of malt and tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about that background you may have had and how you came to get to this point. Yeah, yeah. So we we say malt is the soul of beer. You you can have beer without hops. You can't have beer without malt. And uh, so three main steps, steeping, germinating, and kilning, all designed to manage the enzymatic digestion of the cell walls inside of each kernel as they're converted into a starch or simple sugar. We're basically setting the table for the brewer or distiller to easily extract those sugars that the the yeast then uh, consume, turned alcohol and CO2. Yeah. what makes us sort of stand out is uh, most malt is produced in very large quantities in the Western US, Western Canada, Western Europe, and it's truly a global commodity. And so when it, we were one of the founders of the craft malt movement 10 and some odd years ago, it was all about localizing small batch artisan crafted products that were you know just fresher, had a sense of place. and here we stand. Uh, we started in 2000 square feet doing one ton batches. Uh, along the way, we scaled to a 10,000 square foot facility and four ton batches. Now we're in a 70,000 square foot building with four 10 ton machines plus floor malt. And I wouldn't recommend that anyone go from 10,000 to 70,000 square feet. <laughs> that's what we did. And, uh, but along the re- along the way, you know, we forged great relationships with a broad network of farmers throughout the southeast and researchers out of NC State, Virginia Tech, UK, um, and it, it's it's just been absolutely crazy to help create uh, ho- what hopefully becomes a very powerful chapter in craft beer, which is the the advent of locally sourced, you know, origin specified malts. I want to I want to ask a few just because. Y- I, I watched uh, the videos that you guys have out on YouTube and all that, and, of course, the link that Emily sent us uh, with the movie itself. So let's let's go back first where this originated for you guys to be on today, and that is talk about that 10-year journey um, into then having to celebrate that and releasing this film. What went into all that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, my hair was a lot browner and a lot, dark, <laughs> uh, and a lot thicker uh, back then. <laughs> 
But we started off with really my co-founder and I, Brian Simpson, really a, a, we're sustainability nerds. Um, we did biodiesel uh, together. We were environmental consultants. And we, we had this vision of like, you, you know, Asheville's got all these breweries. Great. That's cool. Where are they getting their uh, ingredients from? Oh, the other side of the world? Oh. Can we change that? Is that possible? And, and what does that look like? And so it started with some pretty basic questions, uh, interfacing with the ag extension folks in our area. They helped us point, point us to the current state of the research, which really was not doing anything for malting barley at that point. And then um, farmers that were enterprising and looking for new markets. Yeah. And we found uh, the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Center in Winnipeg, Canada, that helped us, help us actually make malt professionally. Um, but there really wasn't much of a roadmap, to be honest. <laughs> I, uh, it, so it, it's it, it took a lot of uh, just sweat equity in there to get get the machines running and the quality up and and. Uh, well, as being a trailblazer, I'm sure you found you know a tremendous amount of difficulty where there was no formula or right. um, you know plan to to go off of. So, <laughs> wh- wh- like, who do you who do you talk to, like? I want to do some malting. They're like, what? Yeah, I mean, there was there was a handful of people at, at Canadian Malting Barley Technical Center, um, UC Davis. There were a couple of private consultants. There okay. was one giant textbook by uh, yeah, exactly. a professor <laughs> over in the UK that was literally like a phone book thick and never answered any question very clearly, <laughs> but gave you boatloads of data about all the different ways it had been studied. Um but he but basically yeah, gave so, you more information so, to ask more questions. It, it did. It, it never just said, "Hey, would you like to make Munich malt? Do this," <laughs> it, you know. And it was so it, it it would say, "Here's a graph, and here are the colors, and you know this amount of protein helps, and things like that." But it, it was a lot of breadcrumb trails, and and there was not much in the way of equipment. I mean, you you didn't get malt the rate was you, built by a, a local artisan that we handed him a, a pencil sketch from that textbook. We're yeah. like, Can you make us one of these? And, Wait, you, uh, didn't, you didn't get so, the Brewers for Dummies book? Isn't that one out? Malting for Dummies. Yeah. Malting, yeah. malting, malting for Dummies. Oh, God bless if there was. It, <laughs> it, it would have been great. Uh, <laughs> that maybe I'll write that as yeah, right. doing easy. retirement in the years <laughs> ahead. Yeah, exactly. It was... You know, we were working with varieties that were not recognized by the American Malting Barley Association. We we're working with equipment that was largely home built, and uh, it, it was it was wild. Yeah, we we made a ton of mistakes, and you know, our our early batches of malt were dark in color, low in extract, but high in flavor. And thankfully, we had some folks that were willing to, you know. You know, throw the spaghetti up against the wall with us and give it a shot. And uh, what were so, some of those early uh, um, contracts that you had, like early on? Do you remember some of the breweries that were using that? Well, first, there, there were no contracts. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> Who was, wants to buy it? it was, <laughs> Come get it. Here, here's five bags that I I sewed up today. Would you like to brew a pale ale? Um, and yeah, but no er, early adopters around here. You know, this was this was pre Asheville blowing up. So I mean, this was still wow. like Pisgah and Highland and Greenman were were the order of wow. the day. And mm. you know, it was several years of going before you know Wicked Weed Burial and that that sort of first wave came through Asheville. But you know, we had um, 
good support uh, from folks like Full Steam and the Triangle area, Raleigh Durham, and you know the Duke, uh, North Carolina Tobacco Road. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to, for the basketball fans out there, the, that's the me. I'm a big Duke fan. Road, I don't sure. know if if I'm offending you, but I am a huge Duke fan since I was the age of seven. I, I'm an NC State man, and we right. haven't fielded a decent basketball team in years. So no, you got you had a good year a couple of years ago. There was some good players you guys brought up. Um, I, I got to go back in my memory as we go along. I'll remember some names, but there's some good players that came through there for sure. We we, we try. That's all I'll say. But, <laughs> I'm not just being nice. I'm being serious. Like I do, I do follow it enough that I remember some names. But that's uh, that's you know an area that's you know heavily populated, and at this point, you know probably. Lots of breweries in and around college towns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We, um, but yeah, it, it's been, um, you know, we had uh, New Belgium was really a key piece of our early origin story of really kind of splashing onto the scene. You know, everyone thought we were geniuses when New Belgium and Sierra and Oscar Blues started announcing their plans to come <laughs> to the Asheville area. And we're <laughs> like, guys, that, that that's a different scale. Like, they're going to use a million pounds a week. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. New, New Belgium came and said, oh, my God, we love this Carolina rye that you guys are making. We'd love to build an IPA around this. Can we have a truckload of it? And we're like, <laughs> Golt, uh, yeah, if you can give me a couple of months. and uh, <laughs> I got to grow it. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Well, I, you know, what do you mean by truckload? Do you mean F-250 you know, truck? Or do you <laughs> yeah, mean? No, real trucks. Yeah, and, uh, so they, and we did a lot of that. I know it sounds crazy, but we did a lot of that early education folks where we're like hey we grow winter barley it grows from october to june mm. and you can't just drop a giant order on us we have to plan on the agricultural side of things and uh but thankfully we had enough in stock to fill this uh new belgium order it goes into rye pa it goes into 36 states which was their full distribution footprint in uh 2013 into 14 wow. and Went on tour with Maddie Smooth and his crew at a couple of beer festivals around this uh, southeast, and it kind of put us on the map. I mean, we we now had a, a nationally recognized brewery. It was like, oh yeah, craft malt's cool. Check out what Riverbend's doing, and that really helped kind of launch us in, into a, a broader uh, awareness, I'll say. And and uh, so that felt pretty pretty good to be a part of that one. And uh, but yeah. I, and then this, by that point, the South Slope was starting to spool up in downtown Asheville, and yeah. we had the rise of farmhouse and mixed culture beers, and our malt fit in perfectly with that. And it was um, th things got jumping there, and that's what helped us springboard from the ten thousand square foot to the seventy thousand. So we so just really went live on Instagram. I just want to uh, just shout out a bunch of people that are checking in. Chris Shelton. Well, Chris Shelton. Hold on. Uh, Fuse Tacos, uh, Helmholtz Brewing is checking in, Jay Clancy, uh, Brian, I think, is in there. John from Dubco. John, we're enjoying the Jay beer very boy. much, so uh, Chris checking in, Shep's Eyes joined. Um, so I, I, we're talking to uh, Brent from uh, Riverbend Malt House in Asheville, North Carolina. We also have Emily from Redcraft and Vincent from Dissolver. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, the idea of kind of releasing a, a film of sort, a short, um, at the same time to celebrate the 10th anniversary. What were you guys doing to go into this? Was it more of a promotional concept, or you just wanted to kind of mark the uh, the century, not century, no, uh, decade. decade decade mark? Wow. Is yeah. there a centennial? Well, I, Is there a decadal? Dec decadal? 
No, there's no such it, thing. All right. Sure, close enough. Centennial would be amazing, by the way. That, one. Yeah. that was uh, that was really uh, her her baby uh, as we kind of went through this, and um, they did an awesome job putting that together. Mm. Now, was it done Inside. by? Well, Sorry, Emily. God. No, go ahead. I, it sounds like you had a question. No, I was just gonna say it was done by a local film crew. I would imagine, you know, someone that kind of knew a little bit about, you know, what was going on down at Riverbend. Was it uh, something that was? Uh, and I don't want to, you know, make it sound too commercial, but like an out hire. Or, or what was the the concept? Yeah, I'd love to tell the story, and it really comes full circle for me because Brent and I's background um, goes back almost as long as the malt house does. Wow. I'm a journalist turned publicist. And, and back in my okay. day, I was r really excited about craft malt and the handful of maltsters that were really developing the space at the time. It's come a long way in 10 years um, so far that neither Brent nor I really remember much of that first conversation. But I've been told that I was one of the first journalists to ask him some questions about what the heck this craft malt thing was altogether. So 10 years later, as I professionally answer the question, what is craft malt on a daily basis? It was really exciting that the malt house in North Carolina came to Radcraft, which is a communications company that serves the beer, malt and spirit space mm. um, to take on a campaign around their 10th anniversary. And the campaign had a couple different objectives and, and a couple that I'll at least share for the context of this conversation. And one of them was to simply just celebrate what the malt house had done for the last 10 years. I think it's really important to take a pause sometimes and recognize an accolade, like a whole decade of yeah. not just crafting malt, but developing an industry around it and a common language vernacular so that the supply chain that um, now exists around small grains could. So the malt house um, laying that pavement was a story that Radcraft was really excited to take on. And we developed a, a what I'll call word of mouth or, or more organically inclined campaign around just simply getting at the heart of what that story was. That looked like myself and a couple of our team members traveling to Asheville um, a couple different times and leaning on the local team there to help us choose partners and sometimes take some extra B-roll when we forgot <laughs> a conversation um, to put together this this video. So Radcraft did it internally and as a, a pretty bare bones grassroots video project. We we wanted to tell the docu the story, excuse me, documentary style, which gave us a little bit of um, leniency around sometimes quite frankly taking video with our iPhones. And I love okay. the result of it because that's I mean if if there were a term to to talk about malt houses that was akin to Franken brew in the brewing space, I would I would give Riverbend that, um, I would give them that hat, and I think that they've really done a good job over the years of professionally troubleshooting, and and this video lent itself to some of the scrappy natures of of the malt house and and really how it's come full circle. Um, yeah, big ups to the many different videographers and folks who we worked with creating this content so emily i, I just want to uh throw it out there that uh we had free zoom um <laughs> forever i had it forever as a teacher i get it for free <laughs> and i just got a warning that uh we have six minutes till it goes away so i'm going to email you guys um a new meeting 
So as soon as this one ends, we'll just pick up the conversation after you join that new meeting. I don't know what's going on. I had no idea. Apparently, that changed on July 15th of 2022. Oh, oh no. And I wasn't in school to know that, nor did I do any yeah. Zoom meetings during that time. No one made no that announcement. So I'm going to um, <laughs> quickly, uh, really qu- quickly, send this out to you guys. We have about five minutes, and then you'll get cut off. Well, six minutes, and then uh, we'll pick up on the second uh, one here. I'm sending it out to, good. to you guys. Sorry I about managed- that. You're good. I managed eight years of running a remote company without ever having a Zoom account until the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And and now, yes. And now I pay the, I think it's fifteen ninety nine a month yeah. to, to have the professional account that I would love to offer you as a, a loan whenever you need it. I think you need it, though, to be on our like show. <laughs> but yes, I... That's I, a good point. I, <laughs> I can actually get it through my school, but I didn't know they do that, did that, and enough that I would have to actually do this, so... This is part two. It'll pick up, uh, uh, I guess, 8.30, but it's fine because it won't start until I start it again. So when it, when it cuts off, wait about five minutes. We'll, we'll debrief with Charlie here, and then I'll start it up again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Before we do that, Vincent, how are you, sir? Yeah. You're, I'm good. You're on, you're on a five-minute clock. So let me hear, <laughs> hear quickly about Dissolver just in case nothing works, which is always the greatest thing in the world when we're in here. We actually had, a, uh, we had two shows. Or one show, two shows that actually disappeared on us via Zoom. Oh yeah, uh, one with our buddies the Warbler up in Albany. We had and to another redo one it. like a couple of years. Ago. Yeah, we had to redo that. But then another one a couple of years ago where we lost a whole show too. And I don't remember what that was about. Oh, you forgot to push a button. Yeah, I probably forgot to push a button. That's We've exactly all done it. it. Oh my god, it happens. I know, Tom. It's just crazy. Uh, so Vincent, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, um, and and give us a little breakdown about Dissolver. Oh boy. Uh, I've been doing this for like 10 years um, in terms of brewing and just doing it for other people. Worked at a couple of different breweries up north, moved down up in Boston, and then moved down to North Carolina to try and figure out what was up with Asheville. And I got in at a pretty good time. So yeah. This was seven years ago, six years ago, right. something like that. Um, so I was working at Burial, I was the head of production there. Wow. Um, okay. And I got to work Pretty with, reputable uh, brewery. Yeah. Uh, I worked with Brent pretty extensively back then, um, and it's been a pretty cool thing to be able to, you know, work within the craft malt space from a local perspective, knowing the maltster themselves for sure. as long as I have been. Um, but uh, that's kind of shaped a lot of what we do with Dissolver in terms of um, trying to focus on beer quality first. And then the secondary aspect of a lot of what we do with Dissolver is just uh, surrealism. So my business partner does all of our graphic design, social media, and he constantly wants to push the envelope, um, approach things from a different perspective, but ultimately it's about, you know, beer and quality first. Yeah. And you're using Riverbend Malt in how many brews? How many things? What What's the uh, the go? Uh, we actually made the commitment uh, when COVID happened. Brent and I got on a phone call together, and it was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it but it uh, you know realizing that if supply lines and things like this shut down, that the only real thing that we could do was put our money where our mouths were mm-hmm. and lean local and support craft and. Craft and local don't necessarily mean the same thing, especially if you're not 
uh, putting your money back into your local economy and keeping that circle going. Mm. So especially when other businesses around you are kind of being put on the struggle bus. Um, <laughs> that's that's with, a new word. I like that. <laughs> the yeah. old struggle bus. Uh, but yeah, COVID kind of upended everything for everyone. And everybody thought like, oh, well, it's COVID. And so budgets are going out the window and all this other stuff. So now is the time to cut our budget, increase our margin. And we went the opposite. And I said, now is the time to actually put our money where our mouths are and lean local and lean craft. And if we want to redefine ourselves and push through this and show that we support the local economy and actually care about craft and local, not just one or the other, then like now is the time to do it. So we actually made a commitment. All of our base mall is Riverbend. Wow. And has been for the better part of, <laughs> Brent's like, like two and a half years. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I, w- I want to get into that in the next segment, uh, Brent. I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about the the local farmers and the local area and stuff like that. Uh, really quick, Emily. I mean, you you were talking about your background in um, you know marketing and, and being a publicist. How has that helped you with Radcraft uh, throughout these last few years? Um, I guess if your question is around how has the craft malt field helped me. I mm-hmm. think that Radcraft following along the last decade of the craft malt community and and gradually aligning more and more with it every year has not only yielded us opportunities to work with maltsters themselves, but also on a grander scale, the ability to work in more of the B2B space. A lot of folks come to us because they want to talk to brewers and distillers and and maltsters and yeah. and it turns out we we speak beer and and we're trying to do so fluently it just so happens we basis. know what we're doing yeah. <laughs> i like it <laughs> all right we're gonna days, right? We're, let's um, switch let's switch room uh let's switch zoom meetings i put it in an email to you guys give me five minutes to re- resurrect that and then we'll catch right back up again in just a minute all right we'll be awesome. right back with uh brent emily and uh, vincent i have to log back in now look now it's going to just show nothingness um, your guys' initial thoughts on uh, the story. Let, let's let's break this down because there's a lot to digest there. Um, what do you guys see here that Riverbend might be doing differently than some other uh, malting houses, I whether like, it be locally or in, in the United States or even uh, beyond? Well, if you go in, you watch the documentary that they put out. Yeah. One of the key things that they said were they were like a craft, like a micro uh, malt house. Mm-hmm. They were trying to do things that these big, tremendous malt houses probably won't do. Okay, which is experiment, make some different types of of malt, uh, experiment with you know flavors and colors and 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 just by doing that, right? You could see now uh, and the product that I wanted to use in in the beer maker. Mm-hmm. I tasted all the different. Uh, grains that they you know we had purchased right and they taste wonderful just the malt itself just without using you it, are. without using it <laughs> okay um which every brewer does now you, you go right in there you get your hands in you take a, you just you take a few pellets you eat it you chew it you, sweetness you're looking for you're looking like for that. a lot of different things biscuit yeah. flavors and chocolate notes and all sorts of things yeah and if you're a brewer you do that. If you think you're a brewer and you don't do that, you're not a brewer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true. Simple as that. Now, um, did you see in the video the differences between what they're doing? That's something I want to get into with Brent in the next session here. Um, they're doing some floor malting, 
Oh, yes. And then they're also doing their machine, apparently custom-made machine, where their uh, automated service is uh, presenting all the moisture, then drawing it out, presenting it in a yep. time fashion, you know, just getting the most out of each grain. In your experience, for the both of you, really, the grain that you're using, it, it does it need to be at that level, or can you do traditional? Like, does certain malts have to be in a, uh, done in a certain way? Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you're looking for a Munich malt, which a lot of um, Belgian-style uh, beers, like quads and triples, are made with, with a, a Munich malt. Right. A lot of your German lagers, uh, Munich malt. You're looking for a specific flavor and okay. color from that. If they're saying it's traditional Munich and it's extremely dark or right. or overly um, bitter, okay, that's not what you're looking for. So you, you want... You want a specific flavor out of Munich. Right. Uh, and if that's not it, then, you know, hmm. why use it? Right. Well, that makes sense. All right, sense. we got Emily back. Well, hold on. Let me... I got to s- switch this up here and then make sure that they're all doing it. Sorry, Em. So we were, uh, you know, uh, brief uh, talking about, you know, the differences between them. we for Brent and Vincent. Come on. But while we got you in full screen mode, there you go. Um, <laughs> give us a little history on, on Redcraft, you know, what, what it initially was, uh, designed to do what it's doing today. Yeah. I love that question. And I'm coming up on 10 years, so I'm getting a little better practice at answering <laughs> it. Um, but it, it wasn't the case 10 years ago. So I went to the university of Oregon where I yep. got a journalism degree and a hankering for homebrew. I well, Oregon's was... a great place for uh, craft beer. <laughs> yes, let me tell you. Exactly. <laughs> The scene up there is so developed slash experimental, and there's just so much interesting stuff going on in the space, Um, arguably more in in most spaces in the hop development um, communities than malt. I'm surprised you went malt instead of hops. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I'm a duck who moved home to Colorado because I'm a native to that that state, and Mm. so sometimes I think that Colorado is more of a malt state than it is a hop state Mm. and uh, vice versa for Oregon. But I am also constantly proving myself wrong with partners who we work with and and stories that we're hearing about in the different regions of the country. Um, But all that to say that I started Radcraft as truly a a napkin idea because I had just, I'll say flash forward several years of freelance writing after I got out of journalism school with my interest in homebrew. Um, I had just authored a book about beer and a lot of the brewers that were included in that book started asking me if I could help them write complete sentences for their brands as well. (laughs) And um, that turned into starting Radcraft to not only sell books, but filter some freelance that was coming through for me, Um, less so in the writing editorial capacity and more so in the marketing of breweries, eventually distilleries, and eventually malt houses capacity. Mm. 10 years in, I can tell you that our elevator pitch is that we're here to serve the craft beverage industry specifically when it comes to craft malt, beer, and spirits. Throw in the occasional hop farm. Um, But 10 years ago, it was uh, just me (laughs) flailing in some ways um, and and knowing that I needed a vessel to hold it all together. So there was no really intention going into this of ever learning as much as you know right now about malt. I had no idea. Yeah, no. um, I'll, I'll quote one of my beer heroes. Her name is Julia Hers, and she's the current um, director of the American 
in Homebrewers Association among mm. many previous titles, but she always says, beer is just a journey and I'm just on it. And I'll add uh. malt to that conversation because it's important to stay humble and keep learning. And there is so much to keep learning. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it sounds very scientific. And I want to ask Brent a, a little bit about this, Brent. Um, in, in some of the videos that I had watched, you were talking about diving into some of the really big scientific elements of the, uh, the plant itself. It's, it's a crop. It's a, it's so much to it. And what amazed me is that, you know, you have this down for some of your base malts, but you also offer, um, you know, custom, custom malts. How do you go about, you know, um, detailing what that malt is going to do? Because it's not like the other ones, a different, you know, uh, generation or different species or whatever you want. What's the plant kingdom rating? Is it the same thing? As the animal kingdom, you know, species, phylum, all that stuff. Right, right. I would imagine, well, we're, right? We're, we're, we're just working with one variety of barley, and, okay. or one, one plant, but barley, and it doesn't even get its own species speciation from okay. winter to spring. There's only one ge uh, gene difference in between the two. But, yeah, so the science is really, you know, much in the way a brewer can take a, a given yeast strain and – ferment at 68 versus 72 and get different flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. Maltsters can play with those same dynamics when it comes to each of the three stages of the process. So steeping, germinating, and kilning. There's sweet spots. We want to get the steeping moisture contents up from ab to about 45%. That's optimal. If we want to build more color, we, we can push the moisture a little bit uh, higher. Mm -hmm. Germination starts again that that's really where we start to decide which road we're on so if we want pilsner style malt it's going to be slightly under modified that might get three and a half days of germination whereas if we want a fully modified it fully modified pale ale malt uh, or a base for a jumping off to create a vienna or a light munich we're going to go four and a half or five days during that time, you're getting more cellular breakdown, more soluble protein, and soluble protein translates into color development when you apply heat to it. That's science. So, That's what I'm saying. Like that, <laughs> when I was, that is science. I, I was Absolutely. listening to you describe that online. I'm like, oh, yeah, now I got to go look most of that up. Right. <laughs> and I was, I'm relatively familiar with it, but unless you've been working with it for as long as you guys have – Yes. You know, it, it, it seems common knowledge, you know, in and around your workplace each day, but that's that's a lot to digest. Now, you guys it, it do is. do two different style uh, of malting. We were talking about this while you guys were in between Zooms. Um, you do floor, and then you have an automated system that you had custom-made. Is that correct? Pretty damn close by this point, man. <laughs> it, it's uh, the, the, There's some basic tenets of, you, you know, basically we're turning the malt with augers instead of rakes mm -hmm. and... and but you're blowing a lot of air through the material because you're now a meter deep instead of oh, just four to six inches. Mm -hmm. And so that that's really the main quantum leap is airflow management in what we call the GKVs, the germ kiln vessels. So the rake coming through on the floor is enough to release the heat and the um, moisture buildup inside of the, the piece of malt on the floor. But when we stack it a meter deep in the GKV, we now have a tremendous heat load to manage. That's one of the byproducts of that modification process. Now, if that's not handled correctly, Brent, what happens to the mold? If that's not, if something breaks down or, or something is not done at the right temperature or timing, mm -hmm. what happens to the mold? Train wreck. Um, <laughs> Garbage. So, Big feed. As one of the consultants we hired told us, he's like, 
the the collisions are far more tre- tremendous when you have something go wrong in a GKV versus a floor mold batch. So yeah. we we've had the, the you know power go out, the airflow stops, everything. You know we can't turn the motors. So the the grain um, basically imagine a ten ton rice krispie treat <laughs> in a giant stainless steel vessel, and in some you can probably find a video online of somebody from a giant big malt house using a chainsaw to cut malt out when it doesn't get turned properly well Um, and listen if i if we know emily by now she could market it as a guinness book of world records where you could make the biggest rice krispie treat (laughs) ever (laughs) and get something out of it biggest dog treat yeah yeah yeah, there you go that's a guinness most unique use for a chainsaw yeah But yeah, it, things can go horribly wrong. Uh, you know, it, it can get hot and sweaty and start smelling like a gym sock from oh. all of the bacterial growth. Um, so we we really have to keep a tight eye on these batches as they go through. Um, we tell all of our staff as they go through training, like this is not just a a manual labor job. You know, this, this is there's an organoleptic connection to this product, yeah. and we need you. If you smell something, say something. Like pay attention please it's not just going through the we're not just making donuts here you know the level of quality control has to be heightened especially in the later stages of the malting process right i mean you got to be right on that all the time absolutely yeah especially if we're doing a a specialty kiln run like a dark munich that you know it's just you get into this almost like coffee roasting mentality Mm -hmm. where you're taking samples every 15 in our case, every 15 minutes, because the color is developing so quickly wow. that you need to hit your target and stop it and add cool air and bring the temperature down. Now, on, let's say floor floor uh, versus the automated system. Do we get a difference if, if you try to do the same exact malt, the same exact way? Are we getting any big differences? Is there something to be said for the traditional way of uh, malting? Um, you, you know, it, here's what I'll say. Only one of our customers has been able to tell the difference between the floor malt and the GKB produced material. And that's one Vincent. Of the, <laughs> no, no, actually not. But we, um, but the, but the difference really is it, in our design of the GKBs, we paid a lot of attention to airflow modulation. So when you go through the floor malt, you build up heat, you pull the rake through and it drops back down. And it kind of goes through the sinusoidal wave. Yeah. And with our GKVs, we sort of allow it that same sort of ebb, ebb and flow, more so than the sort of flatline approach that larger scale malt houses. So we're we're kind of tiptoeing into to that uh, methodology as as best we can at a more manageable scale. So I, I haven't had too many folks tell the difference. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask uh, three brewers here, Vincent. I'll start with you. Do you? Do you have a preference? Uh, I, I think it totally, I think the one thing that uh, did get glazed over a little bit, maybe, is the fact that um, the floor malting and what you're capable of doing there, uh, the way that Riverbend has it set up is very cool. So they can regulate the depth of the malt bed they can regulate the room temp and then they can regulate time. So you can speed up, slow down germination and then speed up or slow down your buffer window in terms of how quickly that temperature change is going, your delta. So you can control that like significantly more. Mm. And so Riverbend did some really cool stuff where it was like extra cool 
germination and then or a really extended germination mm-hmm. um and so they did that for a little while and they did a a nine day pills was it the nine day pilsner wow yeah yes. i was obsessed with that malt but <laughs> it, uh it had this like green tea grassy jasmine thing that truly i've never had in any other base malt so hmm. he's able to do some really cool stuff and then the you know with the fact that they started from that and then all of their equipment has been specifically engineered uh, to try to mimic what they were able to do on a smaller scale mm-hmm. um, because they've worked with these farmers and because they have these like really intricate relationships within their community, that base for them doesn't really change too much mm. from year to year. Obviously, like there's crop changes, but they know what that base is. So then they have the, the capability to move that through as they scale up. So for us, there hasn't been too much quality turbulence as the scaling up has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there is anything off, I'll hear about it from Brent. Like, yo, protein's <laughs> really high on this one. Or, um, yeah, like, let us know. We tried something different. Like, let us know if anything's off. Um, but the, the cooler thing that I've found is because of that consistency, then when Brent is finding single origin malts um, or doing some really cool stuff, like they've taken base malt from base barley from North Carolina and shipped a truck of it um, to where was uh, Skagit? Skagit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Oregon? Uh, Washington State. Washington mm. State. So they, yeah. they, they got a truckload of Washington barley, and then they sent a truckload of North Carolina barley to Washington, and then each maltster malted it how they would. And the fact that it was Riverbend, nothing else changed. It was exactly how Riverbend would have processed their base, produced a wildly different product, wow. just wow. showcasing terroir. So, so it, there's a lot to say about the process. Yeah, I mean, not absolutely. to say that there's anything wrong with the product, but like the process really does, you know, highlight the things you want to highlight with the product. Yeah. And if you know the maltster and you understand how they work with their product, the individual origins can help you to differentiate different products. But then oh. if you if you change that up dramatically and you have completely different barley from a completely different sector of the United States, like yeah, that in and of itself is such a uniquely different product that's going through the same process. So... I smell a collab in something something just like that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. We got we got maltsters in New York State, so oh, nice. yeah. The um, oh. yeah. Let me let me paint a quick picture for you, yeah, you just to sort of dovetail that all together. So because it, it it's a two way street for for us. Um, so you know, we're doing all these things, uh, we use a, a software package called Draft Lab as a way of tracking the the flavor profiles. All right, I'm downloading it now. Community. What's that? I said I'm downloading that right now. <laughs> yeah, super cool stuff. So That's awesome. when we're playing with new varieties of barley, um, I'll I'll send Vince like the the flavor descriptors, and I'll just be like, "This is what I'm picking up. Here it is. I've got a couple of tons to play around with." And he'll say, "Sweet, that sounds perfect for a Hellas, or that sounds perfect for the Maybach I'm going to do." And so at, at the apex of our, our you know sort of gallivanting around and, and playing with all these different varieties. I came into his tap room and he had four different light beers made with four different Pilsner malts with four different varieties of barley. And I was just like, this is a hallelujah moment here, you know, just having that kind of 
of diversity and then sitting down with Vince to like get, you know, his take on the finished beer and what, you know, hey, this one's okay, this one's great, you know, I, I would do this a little differently or I wonder what this malt tastes like if it was a 4SRM Vienna versus a 2SRM uh, Pilsner style, you know, so getting that kind of feedback on the uh, finished beers and just geeking out on lagers really is, is <laughs> been super, super fun. With that them. does sound like a brewer's thing to do. Everyone just geeking out on a nice crisp lager. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charlie, your, uh, your concept between floor or auto- automated, are you looking for, excuse me, for something specific? What, what's, what's your concept as a brewer looking for out of your malt? Well, we've done, we've been buying from the big malt house, houses because uh price restrictions were killing us and it going to the locals yeah so uh the the local prices i believe have they've started to level out we're We're talking about in new york yeah Yeah. we're in the process of trying to get a dual license okay we can do some local new york farm malting yeah um but yeah, we'd be very interested in some cool stuff out there yeah. because sometimes we're looking to make something and you got to combine a, a bunch of different malts to get that profile that you want. You want to come out with something, you know, every month people walk in or every few weeks, they walk, what's new? What's new? So you have to have <laughs> the ability to have a supplier that can say, hey, listen, we got, we can do some of this crazy malt stuff that give you these flavors and it would be interesting to see what would happen i mean we've been very fortunate we changed when we changed our system out we just went with the new system and we have had no issues with it it's been a uh, a process of just you know every once in a while we'll tweak things as the change of jamaica came out Mm -hmm. it's first time on the new system we it was tweaked a little there you go we got a, a black ipa from 1940s there guys it's a uh del- I, one of my favorite styles black ipa um but we've been approached that by malty roasty chocolatey yeah. coffee-ish ipa one of my favorites mm-hmm. um steve what about you what about uh malt when you when you were doing your your brews were you specifically looking for something out of it or did you Think about floor versus automated systems. What was uh, <clears throat> the majority of malt we used were from uh, Wireman. Okay, um, and is that New York? No, that's uh, Germany. You, um, yeah, and they were uh, floor floor uh, malt. And uh, actually, uh, Brent, you guys, uh, your uh, when you floor malt, do you, is your floor aerated? Is it temperature controlled, or is it the room that's temperature controlled? Room is temperature controlled. Um, the it, actually, if you use kind of um, like uh, radiant heat in the floor, um, it, you'll actually run the risk of uh, increasing condensation because mm-hmm. it'll stick to the floor, you, right? You'll you end up, that. you'll get mold. Yeah, 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 yeah and exactly. Six and, inches you know, deep on the floor, it's you got to be raking that pretty consistently if you don't want to and yeah actually yeah, three times a day that's Jeez, what i was going to ask um how many times a day you yeah. guys rake for yeah and wireman so wireman's the same it, they just when they make big batches they're bigger and their floor malt batches are way bigger than ours too but but the they usually charge a premium for the floor malted yep. material versus their gkb and we, we don't we just use the 
floor malt is uh, honestly a lot of R and D and a lot of custom projects, specialty offerings. And now, uh, do you, do you think that the the cost difference is that because of labor and time, or is it it shouldn't be that way? They're just doing it because it's a novelty. Uh, it's not really a novelty, but some brewers are like, "Ooh, floor malting!" Right? I mean, yeah. there's got to be something to that. I, I I you know I think they're they're playing on the nostalgia. Yeah, and you know they're they're also running some some. Uh, you know, heirloom uh, type varieties through that system. Mm. Like, um, but it, you know, yeah, there's a lot of romance around floor malt. I mean, it's definitely more labor intensive for sure. I mean, I always tell people, so it, it, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's a shame, you know, you don't continue to floor malt. And I'm like, well, let me paint a picture for you. You're in a 70,000 square foot building. Mm. And if I spread 40 tons of malt out onto the floor of this building, someone would have to rake for pretty much eight hours a day. <laughs> and they're always like, oh, now I get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're just so, picturing it in their mind going, um, there's just going to be someone walking all day. Well, you know, in, a big it, well, in their head, they're, you know, and sweating. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. They think, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, it's a guy on a, you know, on a, Automated like automated, a John Deere. Yeah, you know, dr- <laughs> yeah, just dr- no, no, it's not what he's doing. We've seen some crazy contraptions. People are always amazed that you can walk on it and not destroy it. And like, well, you know, it's like a little. Yeah, you got like a good pad. It's not crushing. You got. Yeah. Like you said four to six inches. So think about four to six inches of snow. I mean, you. It's a different type of, uh, you know, sure. solidity. But in the end, it's it's something that you're not going to be breaking them apart just because you're walking on them. When Brent, when you when you guys started out. Did you guys try to, uh, better uh, better use of word, uh, did you guys try to replicate any other big malt house um, processes? S- well, styles yeah. of, of, like, say, uh, for instance, like, say, um, like, like, Brees, yeah. like, like their Munich or, mm-hmm. or like Weinman's Carafa, too, or something like that. Did you guys at all try to do that, you know? When you started out, or do you just said, "All right, let's just try to do some base malts." We were so green, we didn't know what we were doing. You, <laughs> you know, I mean, we came back from those early batches, and we're like, "It's darker, but maybe that's just the color of this malt that from this variety of barley." No yeah. one's ever made malt with thoroughbred six-row barley. Turns out, you need fresh air to come into the kiln. <laughs> so when our when our uh, uh, instructor from Canadian Malting Barley uh, came down, Dr. Yushu Lee. He he just looked at us and he was like, "Fresh air, cut a hole in that and extend the ductwork into the outdoors." And then we're like, "Oh, okay, sure." You know, first batch of malt we did that wasn't like a rainforest uh, uh, <laughs> level of humidity inside the building. Changed the world. The yeah. Light and color. We had a functioning pale malt. The extracts went up. We were basically making Munich uh, early on because we didn't have <laughs> even though you didn't know it. Flow. We had plenty of heat, no fresh air, yeah. so we were stewing it. Wow, <laughs> mm. it sounds actually sounds pretty good. Little it was oatmeal. delicious. It's still a product we make. It's called Heritage Malt, and it, it's somewhere in between a Vienna and a light Munich. Okay, and we've had to reverse engineer actual functioning malting equipment to recreate those flavor profiles from the non-fresh air having <laughs> just basically uh you know from the south we call it a crock pot you know just basically <laughs> a malt crock pot is where we started off again there. sounds delicious wow. yes please it was it's great it's um but, and, and, uh, and, but yeah no the only you know the holy grail it, 
is Maris Otter, of course. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, yes. You know, can hey, we put our fingers on like, Maris yep. Otter mm-hmm. and pin it down? All Absolutely not. It tastes different from different parts of the UK sure. where it's grown, different malt houses, malted anywhere from two and a half to five SRM in color. And it, it's, you can't pin it down. The closest we get is Southern Select, our, our okay. sort of richer pale ale style base malt. And, but it's more floral than, than Maris Otter just because of the Violetta barley that's in there creating more of that sort of honeysuckle, um, green tea kind of See, character but, but we like the depth of it but that's a great thing because uh, you know when brewers get that malt they now know that you know it's not going to be like you know a crisp marisade or, or a thomas fawcett it's mm-hmm. going to have its own unique you know characteristics right and they'll come right. back to it especially if they make a great product with it well yeah. but i i think that that's part of the interesting thing and that's part of what is on breweries or more specifically the marketing team to help push that narrative of oh well you know we can make a bach uh, so we made our we made a my bach with 100% riverbend and there were like nine malts in there but the reason that we were using nine malts is because a, a my bach is wildly specific in terms of flavor profile sure. but to get that malt character we don't have that here, so we have to replicate it. So the only way to do it is to kind of pick and piece it together from a bunch of different malts to try to replicate this. So to that point, like, yeah, we're not, we don't have what I would consider to be like the golden promise or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. pearl malt. Like right. we don't, we don't have that because it's not grown here. But what we do have is something that can then make our pub ales differentiated from English pub ales. Exactly. So we're making the same thing, but then it allows us to put our own flair on sure. it. And I feel like that's where, as a brewer, that's your job. Exactly. It's like, cool, you're, you're making an approximation of it, so get as close as you can, but still keep it in the same wheelhouse, I guess. Vinny, what is your favorite malt that you get from uh, Riverbend? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Brent's smiling. He's like, ah, say the right come one. Come on, say, say it. The right, say it. <laughs> Uh, that's tough. I would say the, uh, it's probably the Cumberland Pilsner. Um, man, it's that, or, uh, the light Munich is so good. Now Um, I had another question for Emily before I forget it, Emily. Um, so in in dealing with all this and and getting this information and being able to kind of extract what actually is going on between the language that brewers use, the malt houses use, I know you become familiar with all that. How do you then put that more in layman's terms so you can kind of get that information out to the general public? Yeah, I love that question. Um, I mean, the the first answer is just immerse yourself and learn more and get involved on an everyday basis. And mm. that has really helped me get my voice on to be able to speak malt if you will um when in doubt on the language of malt the language of malt yes (laughs) when in doubt on any kind of flavor explanation especially to a general public some of whom might not be able to ever taste that or might be further removed is defer to food flavor Mm. and defer to the five senses those are really great spaces there's something that people can relate to much more easy absolutely Yeah. yeah i've heard brent use a uh, couple examples today, like toast or honeysuckle or 
even honeydew melon. I mean, those are all places that have references in your brain, even mm-hmm. if you don't fully understand that malt is the complete basis of, or most of the complete basis of the flavor in, in this um, pint or tulip in my case. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely have to say like think flavor first. And I think also consider your audience. There's an audience that is going to be a lot more inclined to get nerdy, nitty gritty, more homebrew and process, homebrew and process centric. There are also audiences that just want to know what the final product may be. Mm-hmm. And that's where partnering up to co-message with amazing breweries like Dissolver is an excellent object or tactic, I should say, for a malt house, because a lot of people, myself included back in the day, had no idea what all of this grain looked like that eventually became beer. But if you can hook them on something that they're familiar with, like a beer itself, that goes a long way. Now, you've been down to the mold house, I assume. Have have you been given the privilege to uh, bring the rake into the floor malting? I haven't, actually. Oh, Brent. So I think that that's going to... Um, it has to happen now. It has to happen. It has to happen. Let her drag the rake. <laughs> we'll, that we'll would be the first thing I'd want to do. If, you guys. if I came down Riverbend, that's the first <laughs> thing I'd want to do. I'd be like, Brent, can I just rake the floor really quick? Because it, it, it's just the pictures... The stuff you look, you got the boots on. You look like you, you do. Know what yeah. For me, would be yeah, it would what? be the aroma, just to smell that, the smell of the room that comes know what I've been off the floor. All this time, um, well, I guess taking video. Yeah, you had the like, video camera right. Oh, she, that's right. Mm-hmm. She's she's been the so, one behind the scenes. <laughs> this well, is a good space to shout out Sean at Full Steam because he did visit the Malt House a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. put up an Instagram uh, reel of himself raking to the tune of Shakira. Hips don't lie. <laughs> 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 That is awesome. awesome. They better have not allied because Shakira will be rolling over in her very expensive house. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I mean, Emily, you know, getting into there and getting your hands dirty, um, is there something that you want to take Redcraft to? Is is there a next level to kind of where you want to go with this? Wow, that's a big question. yeah, I mean, always. I founded this thing on the mission and the intention that craft beer media can be elevated yeah. and that we can provide education behind the story to tell the story better. And so um, I'll, I have to say, if there are journalists out there listening to this who want to learn more about beer but have no idea where to start or malt more specifically, we are here to help. And we also end up being a great li- liaison between media telling stories and and those who have really interesting ones to tell like this. Oh, so I think cool. we, we sh- giving cool. yeah we share that in common because the initial you yes. know uh, mission statement of our show was to bring the stories, the journeys, and the information out to the average craft beer drinker user, whatever you want to call it. And you know for the interviews that we've done for you know last whatever five and a half years or whatever it is, it's it's been Amazing to hear some of the different places people come from, the different uh, processes and things people use. And, you know, with you guys, as no exception, just the the amazing stories that come with that. Um, Vincent, when you uh, started at Dissolver coming over from, from Burial. Well, <laughs> n- well, before that, oh, Vin- Vince, where were you in Boston? Uh, so I was Don't one say of the first employees at Night Shift. Oh, thank God. Um, All right. We could take Night Shift. And then uh, I helped open Lord Hobo way back oh, in the day. Cool. Yeah, wait, over by the harbor or which one? Uh, no, the original one up in Woburn. Ah, yep. nice. 
Yeah, I ran that system solo for the first like 12,000 barrels, which was not much longer than a year. It aged me like 10 years. <laughs> it, wow. it, it broke you as an individual, I bet. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yep. And then I did some consulting for uh, Salud, uh, Birds Fly South, um, a couple of breweries that uh, changed names or projects. Um, and then I helped open a craft beer bar called The Whale in Asheville. So oh, cool. Kinda, yeah, quite the journey from uh, up yeah. north to down Hosting south. Hosting Swansea Day this weekend. Yes, <laughs> yes. God damn, I missed that. <laughs> the old school stuff. Well, Swansea Day is unbelievable day. Uh, you drink old beautiful Cantillon beers, mm. and it's all wild, fermented wonderfulness. And every year oh, yeah. it's something different. You're making me very thirsty. Yeah. Oh. Son of a gun. Um, we are, uh, again, towards the end of the Zoom call, and I'll, I'll schedule a third one so we can wrap it up with you guys, and I'll send that out just after it ends. What so are you doing here? I, There's nothing I can do. I, I, I didn't know this going into tonight. <laughs> Why didn't you? We'll fill in time as it gets oh, to while we're well, – I'll send over the new Zoom information. They'll come back on. It was seamless. That would have worked really well before. I don't want to do this well, ever again, by well, the way. And here's the thing with this. Yeah. Poor Brent is out in the field with the goddamn <laughs> combines. How do you have Wi-Fi out he's, there? It's amazing. Uh, this is, he's, they, got, they, they got it hooked up out there. And he's even got a glass of beer he's drinking out in the field. I know. And as you said, that's so like, awesome. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. He, he also has sunshine behind him. Well, yeah. it's a little yeah. overcast magic. right now. but uh, yeah. The internet uh, is magic. It doesn't look like it's immaculate reception. But, <laughs> but, but, by the way, uh, Brent, what are you drinking right now? So... Uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say I scrambled out to the dissolver tap room to purchase uh, some of the delicious lager, only to find it closed on a Monday. Night. Oh, oh Vince! Vince, why would you do that to Brent? He's an email oh, it's, away. It's the two days a year that we do employee <laughs> appreciation, we right. rent a lake house. That's why I'm in this weirdly nautical themed bunk. <laughs> so well, I thanks very much for joining us from your bungalow into a dissolver glass. There ah, you go. go. You there can you go. Think of what should be there. Right. Apologies. And, and Emily, what are you drinking? I also scrambled <laughs> to at least find a beer made with Riverbend malt. At ah. least I have no dissolver around here, mm. but I have the Tennessee Haze from Harding House Brewing in Nashville. Nice. And they make all of yeah. their beer um, with 100% craft malt and predominantly Riverbend malt. They've made that commitment. Awesome. Much like Dissolver. I see. I, you guys are doing the right thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And and Vince is well. He's in his nautical themed uh, <laughs> bug house there, so he doesn't he's have any beer right no, now. No, he's drinking Anchor Steam. <laughs> I'm drinking red wine. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay. You got to change it up every so often, brother. You have the, to. The keg got kicked yesterday, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all the alcohol that's left. So <laughs> it's it's like a bottle of Manischewitz that was left over from something. <laughs> uh, got a couple well, saltines. You yeah, get to go. Whatever. Yeah, breaking shiver. Is that what Vince, you call give, it? Them, give them a little rundown, though. It, it, it's not just loggers, right? I mean, y'all. I, I tell people, I point y'all, I point all the guests that come to the malt house to your establishment because you run the gamut. So you, let let everybody know what's happening on the tap list. Right well, I want to give you, Vincent. I want to give you some time. So when I read sure. through the Zoom and I email to you again, let's spend some time with you about dissolver and break that down as we're very much used to. 
uh, having our breweries on, our brewery guests, and I, I really want to get into that. Um, before this session is up, I, I want to ask a few questions. Actually, we want to ask three specific questions that actually, you know, we'll do that in the second session because it usually takes a long time. Yes. And we'll so do we're that. Do nothing now. What? <laughs> so we're just going to do nothing. No, 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 no. I'm going to end. I'm going to end the Zoom call Thomas? with them. I'm going to schedule a new one. We'll we'll break down. A little and we and we apologize you know for this because yeah, it that this, does this, this doesn't happen. This um, doesn't happen. Uh, Mr. But uh, recorded it, the same podcast twice. I'll but, say that. But but guess <laughs> what? Go. Guess what? When we edit it. It will be seamless, and it will look like it, it never happened. It was seamless before when I had to oh, switch the just, Zoom calls. We you, just kind of We just debriefed. You, sir. Um, I'm, I'm going to just – let me quickly post this really fast, okay. and then we'll, we'll get it going. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll have this done. And uh, this will be uh, part of this segment, and we want to return uh, with you guys with Steve's Three Questions, a nice segment that we do uh, with our guests, uh, and get ready to answer some really, really tough questions it's going to be difficult, I think, for... Uh, I'm going to say what mostly Vince. is your favorite kind no, of... No, oh. no, 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 no. That's not it. Um, so let's, uh, let's uh, say goodbye to you for just a what? moment. We'll be right back with Brent, Emily, and Vincent. And then uh, let's talk quickly about... Because of the questions I want to ask the two of you, brewers. Um, you know, you, you said Wireman, and you said... What are your favorite malts? And that's not one of Steve's questions. Like, what, no. what's your go-to malt uh, with... Everything that's out there and everything that you could possibly get. And don't make it if you if you had to um do it without cost, without worrying about cost. Right. Ooh, what would you oh, do? Yeah, what oh. would what would be your goat what would be those multi would yeah. you want in the, in the brew house all the time? Well, one would be Marisada. Definitely. Like base malt all from, day? Uh, from who though? Uh we get ours from well. Ours is from, I think, Crisp. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one, baby. That's the one. That's my Crisp. favorite. I mean, I will take... Crisp I will take uh, Thompson's, I think it is, okay, uh, yeah. on a backup, or there's Simpson's is the backup yeah. that we take. Uh, I love Wireman's. We, oh, it, yes. If I could use Wireman's Pilsner a lot, we would. Yeah. Um, basic two-row is... I don't even want to know what it's up to right now, price-wise, to oh, get it. It's really that ask. bad? It's uh, don't, don't it's it's <laughs> don't you know what it is, uh, and I've There's been and a shortage of it because of the supply situation. Exactly, that's the key. And so now, when you get it, it's the shipping that is being, you know, just jacked a horrendous up. amount of yeah, surcharge per it. pallet now. Ugh. And it's not their own, you know, it's not their fault. It's you know, fuel went up. You know, we had right, right. I mean, it's yeah. the byproducts of whatever of it was. What everything else is going right. on. Um, the question is, will it ever come down? And and that's the thing. Uh, and I'll, I'll state it later. You listening to this? Go. I'm listening to this. Go to the. Oh, brewery. you talking to me or no? Go to the breweries. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's listening to this to the show. Yeah, yeah. Go to the breweries and buy the beer from the brewers. Go right to the tap room, whether you could stay there or not. Mm-hmm. If you can, even better, have a couple of a pints, a flight, go there and buy the beer from the breweries because they're going to get the most out of that. They're, they're going to reap the benefits of, of the what you just spent. Right. Where if you buy it at Home D, and I'm not saying don't buy stuff at Home D, because I, I, if you can't get to the brewery, then yes, go to a, a your local distributor and get the beer from them. Right. But. 
What are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying try, try to buy all the local breweries. Okay. Stay local. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that, that concept. Uh, is that easy enough, though? Is that sustainable? It is, it is extremely easy. Are you, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. All right, just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we got everyone back on the line. Uh, let's just... Uh, of course it is. There's plenty of breweries. I'm, I'm, I'm asking because you guys would know better. I don't know to that level. Uh, is that a sustainable thing to have? It's, it's, the, it's one of your... This, it, you you got to look at it as a three-legged stool. Okay. And That's going, very wobbly. Yeah. Close. And <laughs> going, going into the tasting room and That's having a pint. That's my CEO's favorite. He yeah. loves the three-legged stool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, he knows. He's back on it. Uh, production. Uh, oh, we actually look oh at it as tasting room, beer to go, and what goes out the back door. Okay. And that makes what sense. Has, because what has the biggest, your biggest margins are what is your tasting room, mm -hmm. but you're limited to how that can, much that can grow based on the size and of your space. Right. Okay. The other thing is encouraging people to get beer to go. Take it to go. Right. That way... You're selling it directly to the consumer. Which I appreciate because I, I've actually done a couple of like little tests to see. I, mm -hmm. I buy it at the brewery and then I'll go to a local D. Now I don't I like supporting my local D's because you know they as need to, they need to right. stay there as, as well. Yeah. Because when you're not open or when someone's not open or when you're in Holbrook and I want to get it right in my town in five minutes for that night for the yeah. Met game, you know, I, I wanna go get my change of Jamaica yeah. at, at some guys because right. they have your beer. Well, right. for for me, but you're right. A, a, as opposed to always going there, mm -hmm. it makes more sense that if I'm going to enjoy myself for a night of drinking or for a d Saturday, Sunday day drinking, which I might do. By the way, I'll talk to you. Um, That's why I brought extra. Yeah, I, well, well, <laughs> let's save that for when I get there. Um, the The idea is I'm leaving with beer. I think every brewery I go to, uh, Tom, you can chime in on this as well, right? I, if I have a beer, I'll, I'll go through the gamut, things I haven't had, things I'm interested in. I'll take that beer to go. I, I, I want to get at least mm -hmm. one or two of something to go. That is where your price points really make a big difference, correct? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because cause if you don't have, if you're, that's why we call it, it, it it's three legs, because that is limitless. Right. That's one of your limitless ones that if you have the right crews working behind the taps, they can always say when somebody close out, would you like something to go? And that, and, and that, to me, the answer is always yes. Yes. Yeah, that, I, I, and for a lot of people, that's always, that, that's like, it's a no-brainer. You know, for some of them that are very local, they say, no, we'll be back. You know, we know where we are. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. You see them, well, and, and, you know, and, weekly, and, a couple times a month. And then you have, like, for instance, we're all the way out in Suffolk. There mm -hmm. are people who live in eastern you know central nassau whatever and to come all the way out with all the tra traffic they want to have something quote, unquote, to go with. long island has which yeah. is a ton of traffic yeah. you know if you're lucky it, it, it takes you 40 minutes an hour to come out to some of the breweries even further east well how much you're going to drink before you try to drive back home right and the Uber is going to like going cha-ching, Challenge cha -ching, accepted. Cha-ching, cha-ching, <laughs> Well, so, if you have the uh, Uber, then you're fine. But if you don't, you know, you might want to have a pint, maybe two, wait it off, do the time thing, mm -hmm. and then go all the way home. Yeah. And now continue the party with that same beer you were enjoying at the brewery. Exactly. Um, really quick, uh, I, guys, you're back on.
for uh, hanging with us in our yes again, ridiculously thank you so much. and and again Britt is still out there in the field <laughs> he's combine still the background the sun hasn't thank moved you an so inch. much brother. Yeah, i had to figure out the background because i was taking zoom calls during covid in my daughter's purple princess themed bedroom <laughs> and it, it was tough to have any kind of you know gravitas or really you have people take you seriously when there was a you know multi-toned purple playground a playroom <laughs> in your back uh, <laughs> i, I want to get to these questions this is a staple on our show now um we're going to hear a, a quick intro music and then uh steve's going to come in with his three questions for you guys so here it is very special presentation three questions with our very own steve pominski yeah steve's questions three questions from steve three questions steve's questions go it's got skilled up to I have to do it every single every time. time. It's, every time. It's part of the bit. It, it really is. It's part of the really bit. Is. Okay. So we have these three questions. Um, each one is it's going it's just answer honestly. Please don't lie. Um no, I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Uh, these questions are, are very simple, they're very straightforward. I uh, ask one question at a time per each of you. Uh, we'll start with Brent. Um, all right, so Brent, what was that first beer that you had that you said, wow, craft beer, what, what is this? I need to get more of it. Oh, uh, Firestone Walker double barrel ale. Oh man, wow. you started off good. Yeah, that's a good, we haven't had that one no, yet. No, no, no. I actually should start off ladies first, but yeah, you know, well, his, his face was right there. <laughs> well, it was, and he disappeared into the cornfield like yeah, children's court type stuff <laughs> for a second. He, he melted. Oh, there he is! He's like, he Holy go? moly! Feel the dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, built it. They came. <laughs> they took him away. Um, Emily. Emily, what was that I beer? Have an, I have an answer. I can only imagine you've heard a lot of times. It is all good. Sierra Nevada yep. Pale Ale. Wonderful, and um, that is my, one of mine. My college roommates were from Chico, and they basically oh. swapped out my shitty macro lager for a pale <laughs> ale. Instead, so it was Bud Light, right? Your, I mean, but, was it light. was it Coors Light, Bud Light, or Bush Light? Oh gosh, it was that Natty Light. Life, oh, I gotta have it. Probably a forty of malt liquor. Yeah, <laughs> and then she nice. taped it to her hands, and she did Edwin forty hands. I feel like that's a popular answer because you can get that, that anywhere. That's true. That is like a universal <laughs> like language. At a beer. restaurant or a yeah. bar, it doesn't yeah. matter where you are, you're yeah. gonna find that. Yeah, that's absolutely, right. it's so, a classic. So this is the this is oh, it's always the brewers. I I like to ask this question. So Vince, what was that that one beer that you said? Wow. All right. I got to know more about what craft beer is all about. Uh, oh, man. Probably the worst answer. Uh, it was Shock Top, but I understand that that's not craft. So then it was Allagash White. Oh, the gash. Wow, that, you, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. like. But I, I will give it to Shock Top. That was like the barrier. And then a friend of mine was like, 
that's not good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Remember, I couldn't think about the name of the pumpkin yes. beer that I started with. We talked about this a couple oh, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, it was the shock, and top. it was shock top, and I couldn't think of it. And I was going yeah. over and over. So we're here at Governor's Comedy Club. I was a bartender here for I don't know, close to seven years, and it was the first time I had pumpkin beer. It was here, believe it or not, it sold so hard. This was early on. Like 2012, maybe, maybe even earlier than that, before like pumpkin beer was pumpkin beer. And it was one of those things where I'm like, uh, this is kind of cool. And I found a really good way to rim the glass without it being a messy, freaking terrible experience. And Shock Top Pumpkin <sighs> no rims went here. down so quick. It was like, what, six feet? Point five percent or something like that. I gotta no look it clue. Up. It was, I hate it. It wasn't terrible though. I remember it. I, I'd still okay. drink one now All if right. I had to. Whatever. I am just. You, <laughs> don't drink, look at me differently. Don't look at me differently. I'm I, just saying. Question. Wait, 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 we, we know how to torture him. Now. Yes. Someone's a little uh, some hard up I on hate uh, it, I hate pumpkin it, I hate beer. It, I hate it. All right, Brett. What's wrong with that flavor profile? Oh, Let me just up. tell you. Just shut up, you. I love, I, you. I, I love you, but I hate you. I, <laughs> uh, Brent, what is your favorite style of beer as of today? Saison. Nice. Wow. Wow. Nice. Pete's missing out on some good yeah. answers. Our yeah. other uh, co-host Pete is a is a basically Allagash super oh, fan. Belgians and, and loves and, Belgians and, and saisons yep. all day. Yep. Wait, oh, can yeah. I can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. Are you talking like clean saison, American saison? Oh. I would I would say that he's go he would go American saison. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I thought I he would. was like a dark lager guy. No, well, well he does that. Well, but long the, as it's not Overly adorned. I'm in. Mm, okay. Uh, it, it can go Brett. It can go. Okay. It, it, it can go classic, but just I I don't need a lot of frills on it. <laughs> yeah. Nice and clean. It perfectly, and and we'll be good. P- proper carbonation. There proper you go. Yeah. Well, that's the key. Yeah. Not over carbonated. Where I'm sitting there with a half a cup of man food. in North Carolina it, brewers. It, don't get that. They miss that with Saison's, <laughs> and, it, and it makes me upset. Vince, I better hope that's not you, Vince. <laughs> we we no, really it, don't make them that much. I, I, I beat my sales team up with well, pub ales enough you where Trump, I think a would He's got nothing him. left. By the time he finishes with smoked beer and the pub ale, <laughs> all of that. I want to talk like, to you about smoked beer, though. We'll get to that in a little we'll bit. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, I, I mean, you just raised a, a, a thing. Yeah. Wait, wait, really quickly, because did we ask Tom this last time he was in? What? The, the one well, he wasn't here the last time. Oh, that's true. But yeah. he did ask me over the phone. Oh, yeah. oh when I was on the uh, bench when at you the were, Met yeah, Oh, when that's you were right. You were at the, the Mets game. I was with busy. Buck yeah, I was busy right. with Buck. That's right. And then yeah. I, I brown-nosed him, and I said it was the yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a fact. I mean, it's the first. All right. You know. Well, we'll give it to you. Yeah. All right, question number two. Well, yeah, I'm still going to go with Emily now. Question two. We yeah, question start. two. Oh. Emily, what was your favorite, favorite beer style? Right uh, now. This answer evolves for me, but today it's Hellas Lager. Mm. We mm. had one of those a little earlier. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. We From do our it. boys at Dubco. Yeah. Is it, is it this one? No, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the pills. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Captree is a cool style ale at 4.6. Yeah, the other was the, the No, this was the Hellas right this here. Was oh, was it? Oh, right yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a Kolsch. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, damn right. Which was very Tell good, by the way. Brother. I'm sorry. It looked quick. Vince, what is your favorite style as of today? Uh, super tough. I w- it's uh, probably Italian Pilsner. 
Ooh, but interesting. Uh, oh. it's like a very close second with a dark English mild because there's like, if you get one of those on hand pump, oh baby, <laughs> it's really hard to beat that like warm malty yeah. raisiny. Yeah. But an Italian Pilsner is probably it. Yeah. Now, do you go traditional? Do you do like the uh, Stella Artois or anything like that? Well, he's probably going to the Peronis. Peronis. Uh, we so we have like a everything I do is a bastardized American version <laughs> to some degree of whatever. Style. It's a John Snow version. We'll put it that way. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, so what we do is we uh, we it's one of our flagships. It's a cold caprese pizza. It's an Italian style pilsner. Um, so we'll do uh, 100% Riverbend, and it's the Cumberland Pills, which is just this like beautifully um, light, balanced. The name makes it sound like the malt is going to be super heavy, mm-hmm. um, but it, it really lays into the background. Really awesome crackery character, killer oh. diastatic power. Um, finishes super dry, great protein content. Um, so it drops out like a mofo in the kettle. <laughs> Um, but then we'll do a blend of, uh, new school and old school with a very light dry hop. So, but we also do full spunding and a six week lager in a horizontal tank with no fining agents. So we're equally old school and new school in production methodology and execution, um, ingredient sourcing. And again, uh, interpretation of equally, uh, simple tools versus, uh, fancy bougie kind of stuff. Uh (laughs) What do you? What do you? Good, no. What are you guys using uh, hop wise in, in that beer? Uh, so we, I'm gonna pull the recipe up because I don't want to miss. Smart. But we uh, do. Give me one sec. Sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no. always terribly afraid to misspeak on it. I, 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 I love that you want to make sure this is correct. So yeah. they they top this off with the can design that looks like a pizza box, just in case. You, you weren't were sure what this was. What, what <laughs> was even what got the doing. grease stains on it and everything. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do. Um, Every case comes with one of those little tables, mini white tables <laughs> yeah. that you put in the pizza box. That's a uh, great idea. Yeah. See, they're so cheap. I looked them up because I was just going to hand them out to people. My friend's grandparent owns the patent to that. Get out of here! How much do they make on that? Well, uh, we'll really find out when three? Take Two opens. He'll be <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. Two cents a table. <laughs> I still, you know how many hundreds of thousands of tables go out a that day? Hundreds probably? of thousands? Millions. Mil- a day? I don't know about a day. but oh, that's... Across the United oh, States? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's Bro, I have oh, 19 pizza places in my town alone. <laughs> yeah. All right? That's what I'm going to say. That seems the lowest. No, I am. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Long Island, where every Jesus town has 19 Christ. pizza places. They're blocks two away from each other. I, that's true. Yes. I got at least five in, in the village of Lindenhurst itself. We have three uh, within literally a quarter of a mile. Of and, and how many... Pizzas, do you think they sell? now multiply that by towns? Yeah. And you're and, right, you're and right. It could be millions. And, yeah. You think wow. there'd be more uh, turf yeah. wars going on? Yeah, yeah. but for the it's a four-legged versus the three-legged yeah. pizza days. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Emily's got to get on what what that cost is if it's... For have one leg or... One leg... One two, three legs three or legs four. Three legs or four, yeah. yeah. that extra leg cost. Man, that would be yeah. great. All right, I need to know these hops. Okay, good. I got you. Okay, nice. So yeah, uh, we tried to keep it... So with anything that we do, it's... um. You know, if we're going to keep it rooted old school and new, you, the boil additions for a lager specifically are hyper important in driving yep. 
bitterness and also how that bitter character builds. So the presence of those alphas. Sure. You, you want a low alpha, high vegetal matter mm -hmm. throughout the boil layered. And then you're going to get that bitterness that's going to carry through after uh, lagering. So we do hollow tail middle fruit throughout the boil. Nice. Uh, and then a whirlpool of Pacifica, um, mm. which is a super fun um slightly fruitier think like mandarina bavaria but mm -hmm. southern hemisphere yeah. and um it pops it's like a southern hem noble hop um and then uh we do a very light dry hop of uh tetanang and then saphir so tet being old school super traditional yep. Yep, yep. very vegetal forward and then saphir being uh of the new school german varietal breed where um, little old little new yeah, yeah, to the yeah, old yeah. gods but and the still, new gods. You know, I was waiting to hear like a Czech size or something yeah. like that in there. Yeah, yeah, nothing high oil. Yeah, nothing yeah. high beta, nothing high alpha, just good clean hops. Nice. I got to get yeah. down to Asheville. Yeah, I know. I really do. I, actually, we that's the that's the next trip. Yeah, that me and the wife are taking. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a we're, great. We're going to be coming down to Asheville. Very soon. I've been down um, here twice already. Oh, shut yeah. the hell up! Who's asking what, you, old man? What's taking you so long? Well, well when you know, we by the way, had to slow the war down there. Too. I was just saying, so, you beat me to that's three. Like, <laughs> by the by the way, guys, uh, I just want you to know, Charles from 1940s Brewing. Uh, it it literally 1940s uh, was when he turned 60. Um, <laughs> He's aged very well. So he was the guy to put the cannonball into the the cannon during the civil war um and he survived so that's great that i'm Charles still here still, still here brewing beer Bravo. all right i was gonna ask you like what kind of mold houses were there back in the you know the 1880s there was nothing <laughs> zero nothing, nothing. Many, unless you were over overseas uh <laughs> yeah. all right question number three and final question all right brent right now you go to a your local restaurant bar pub what's that one beer you want to see on tap it could be any beer from any time anywhere what's that one beer you want to have Ooh, yeah wow i gave it to you uh, he doesn't ask me that question <laughs> yeah we gave you that Damn. question get out of here uh, <laughs> man i don't know i mean depends upon where the restaurant i, I think i'm going to go back to yeah yeah to, the, the food you're having yeah I think I'm going to go back to Saison's or, oh. or uh, you know, like if there was Who is just, it? Like a, like a Saison DuPont or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I always, um, I love uh, Le Bon Vu. Oh, okay. So that that beer paired with traditional, like a French cassoulet or something yep. like that. Like if, if there was a restaurant, there was a tease in, at a brief moment in downtown Nashville that Tasty Beverage, a big bottle shop, was going to become one of those sort of brassier-type joints. Uh, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be Mecca. I can have all the beautiful <laughs> local things, and then I can go in and have mussels and, mm. you know, DuPont on draft. Sounds it never delicious. came to fruition. It's now a an odd, like, game bar kind of concept. Uh, I don't understand. We, we actually have a place like that here on the island uh, called Wardazooey. But anyway, I wish them well. It's a giant piece of real estate. They could have been a very sexy bar and restaurant concept. And Man. anyway, that Le Bon Vu with a cassoulet. Or there you go. Nice, Emily. 
All right, I have a publicist answer for you. Oh, <laughs> look at her. No, you cannot use <laughs> any of the breweries that you are right now. Uh, I promise. Um, but I truly mean every word of this from the bottom of my craft malt loving heart. <laughs> I want beer made with local ingredients, and I want to have a conversation with the bartender about why that matters. Okay. But what is the name of the beer you, yeah, <laughs> you would want to drink? What is that one? You have to actually name the beer. Local oh, my lager. goodness. It could Local be from... lager. There you go. There you go. All right. There you go. That's a good one. That's good. And it's, I think in she's most a crispy girl. you can find that, but she's it's harder to girl. find an educated enough of a bar staff who wants to talk about it or, Let or me tell you. background information. Tell, tell me if that's not some of the greatest things. When you could walk into a pub or a bar or wherever and you sit down and you actually ask a question or you say, hey, what is this? And they go... Well, and then they start explaining the style to you. That is probably, as a brewer, More of that, please. as yeah. a as a brewer, that's one of the things you want to hear come out of a bartender's mouth is they understand the style and the notes that are going to be behind that style and what this beer that you're actually going to give them, uh, what the notes are on that. There's the. There's nothing better. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, they to this to this day, you that. sit down, you enjoy yourself. Those are the moments. Yeah, it, it really is. And then you know, from then on, now you're like you're as a customer, you're in. So now you're gonna actually look to buy something else. Like, all right, well, well what else do you got yeah, that you could keeps, explain to me? It keeps the ass in the seat. It keeps you uh, not worried about the time, not worried about leaving, not worried about people texting you or or just digging into your phone finding something else that just doesn't matter. It keeps you there, engaged in the moment. To this to this day, the worst thing I ever had. We used to brew beer called um, uh, what the hell? Oh, um, Insane Summer Ale. Well, mm-hmm. Insane Summer Pilsner. And it was brewed with citra and sriracha ace hops. Huh. And and it was a really floral, like, wonderful. And if you know sriracha ace hops, they have that very lemony, you know, wonderful. And I go to a bar that's actually pouring a beer, and, uh, and I hear the bartender, you know, say, oh, uh, yeah, you know, this one is p- going to be a little spicy. Because it, it has sriracha. Yeah. Sriracha. So not educated, not sriracha, probably. Yeah. Sriracha. And she actually, because she never tasted it, thought it was a spicy beer. Mm. And I almost punched her in uh, the face. Excuse me. Excuse um, me. Excuse me. Come on over here for a second. I, I, education must as, be had. As, as, oh, I immediately called her and the manager over. Yeah. And I said, all right, you, you're misinforming everybody about now, this. Now, where beer. did that break down? I mean, that's an important part. You deliver the beer... To the restaurant, to the bar. You know what the breakdown is? Yeah. Is the is the manager to is, the bartender? Yes. Yeah. The, whoever the bar manager is. Yeah. Does yes. not do one a tasting of all the beers, which they should. As um, a bartender for almost twenty years, I want I taste every beer that goes on tap. And if you're a brewery, mm-hmm. you're giving tasting notes. You're right. saying this is yes. what you're going to expect from this beer. Correct. Here's here's you know some of the flavors you're going to get into it, and this is what it and what it is. IPA Pilsner. Lager, whatever it may be. Yeah. She had so none of it. Question four. Yeah. <laughs> you already answered it. Uh-oh. What's the most embarrassing uh, you know, bartender snafu of uh, beer style? Okay, I got I got one for you. As, a again, a 20-year vet, um, New Belgium's um, The Weed Beer. I forget what it was called. What oh, was, yeah. What was that called? Hemperer. Yes, Hemperer. Hem- Hemperer. 
The so yeah. uh, I'm working at a restaurant in, in a local town called Farmingdale, and we had it on tap. And if you guys know, when once you pour one beer, the whole bar smells yeah, like weed. Bong hit. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It smells like a bong hit. And uh, some does that have weed in it? And I said, I don't think. Like I just, I felt bad because I didn't I get the breakdown. I didn't look Belgian. it up myself. It was later in my career where I really stopped caring as much, I guess, about what I was doing, which is not good. You know, you should continue to care. But I got out very shortly afterwards because I was getting tired of being inside of a bar atmosphere uh, in my older ages. And I said, no, I don't think it has uh, that in it. I think it's more of like an extract. And I was just guessing. And then one of the other customers at the bar actually was looking it up as I said it and completely like took my thunder, turned around and educated that person. I just felt stupid. I felt small. And I'm like, I, I know better than this. I'm, I am better than this, and I just didn't have an opportunity to do that. And I agree with you. I, felt, I feel bad for that woman that she was misinformed. But it's I, honestly, in my opinion, it's up to the bartender or mm-hmm. beer tender, whatever you want to call them, to, to go in and do that research, take that taste, figure out what those and profiles are, and, and help the customer with that you know, experience. The worst part was a craft bar. It was a. It oh, was a it was, bar. It was an actual bar. It was a bar that, mm. like, actually was pushing that they had craft beer. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, no, and mine was too. I mean, it was mm. the meatball place, which you know oh, highlighted yeah. the fact yeah, that yeah. we had you oh, know twenty some taps and sold beer. To I know. Beer. I drank your beer right there uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I never um, got to Vince. No, I'm sorry. I'm Vince, sorry. Yeah, because Vince. we. I don't know how much Zoom time we yeah, have. Right. It hasn't warned me yet, but we're good. <laughs> we're good. I'll be uh, quick. The worst one I heard during okay, the pandemic was I heard a bartender. Tell a customer that a Belgian triple was a blend of three beers. No, jumped oh, out of my head. Oh, like, ah, it is. No. Yeah, that sounds so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. On point. On point. One hundred percent. Hold on, I I got the opinion of of Tom, our producer, really quick. Tom, have you ever been in a bar where someone has misled you? Because he's a he's the average you know uh, craft average beer show. drinker, relatively in uh, new into the industry. Has anyone misled you on something? Have you ever been told that this is something, and then you go, "This is not at all what I was told." Not necessarily that, but when you go to a bar that doesn't really serve the craft beer need, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, well, we have like Stella," and I'm like, <laughs> "Well, that's not what I was looking for," you know. Mm. So it's really just disappointment. But I can't recall a time a bartender truly. Yeah. Didn't know what they were talking about. They were just about. trying to cover up they, for their. They didn't know what they were ones. talking about. They're yeah. not going to pretend to know because I think people will call out your bullshit easily yeah. around here. That's true. Um, so, Brent, how about I mean, besides that, anybody else have a story about uh, someone has steered you wrong, Vincent, Emily? I like that. That's a good question, actually. Should, has um, anyone ever steered you wrong in the craft beer yeah. industry? No. Yeah, I have think you... it happens all the time when it you does. hear bartenders talking about beers that they're serving to yeah. customers and or to you. Um, and yeah, to your point, I'll call you out if you if you get the information incorrect. And also, um, I think like there's definitely going to be those moments where someone makes something up and that it just says, I have no idea what you just asked me about <laughs> or let uh, me go find that out and come I, back to you. So I'd rather them do that, though. Went, I'd rather them go find out, look it up or something, yeah. and then come back to you. I'd rather that than just like try to, like Tom said, bullshit their way through the whole thing. It's yeah. not something I'd... Or I'd more, uh, yeah, more often than not, it's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Conversation over. So that, I'd say, is the norm, and the, the bullshitting is a, a <laughs> yeah, tiny exactly. slice of that. Yeah. 
I mean, if you're a bartender and you feel a little embarrassed by the question, you're not prepared for it, you're going to try to talk your way out of it in some way or other. I mean, because well, that's just what you do. But you, you I, shouldn't, though. It, it's, I, it's a natural it, it, reaction to it. In my place, when yeah. we put something new but they, on. Let, let's uh, wait. A little different. It's, it's, it's little different because you're in a brewery, you're, you're and a you brewery. should know. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they have to taste it. They, have, right. they want to taste it because they want to know what it's like so that they can describe it to the customer. Correct. And, and, and you, and I would assume important. that anyone that's behind the bar has tasted everything on tap. Absolutely. They know what it is. Yeah. Yes. And that's what should happen. But that should also continue throughout the restaurant industry. I agree. And, I and agree. anything beyond that, for sure. Uh, Vince. No. Hey. Uh, hey. You go into a bar or a restaurant, what's that one beer? Other than something you brew. <laughs> I have to give that one to well, you. Yeah, we got to take that one off the table. Uh, other than you brew, what is that one beer you hope to find? It could be from any time, any place, anywhere. Oh, boy. Um, man, okay, I actually just had this conversation with somebody. Um, anything coming out of the Lost Abbey's, uh, oh. we've been there, funky Wait, and Lost wild Abbey. programs circa yeah. like 2014 to 2017, maybe 2012 to 2017. There was like a five year stint where like. Veritas was hitting on every <laughs> single possible thing. They did the track series. Yes. Um, yes. Dude, I, I bought three of those cases. I was in a wildly different situation <laughs> coming out of college where I had boo boo bucks. But uh, I knew Ryan Fields, who was the um, their old sour blender. Um, man, he that, had, that that track series though was unbelievable. I yeah. I actually still have. A track nine and a track, a bottle of track nine and a bottle of track Do you? seven. Yeah. Where are you keeping it? Was, uh, was, no, track 10 was the one with the track dates. Track 10, yes. I still have one of those. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. The quad with wow. the dates. The uh, Veritas, I want to say it was like 17, was the peach apricot one. I just had a buddy who hit me up who had uh, the last one of those that I had. And then old duck duck goose oh my uh, god the, yeah the barn one that they had they did like a saison and then they did a breaded version of it something something barn anyway anything coming out of the like brett category for lost okay. heavy in that time frame yeah. had such a pivotal impact on craft beer in and of itself this was like pre-crooked stave really yep. making its name for yep. themselves like old school surrette oh yep. please like you yeah. can't get better than that now now let me now let me ask you can can you guys get Lost Abbey down by you? Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah, or now it's. I think it's better known as the Hop Concept. Is oh. there a big thing now? Because we don't we don't get any Lost Abbey in New York, uh, but if we go to Philly, we can get it in Philadelphia. Yeah, my brother lives in Philly, so that's where I usually get. Yeah, six. that that mm-hmm. that that and like you know, Pliny the Elder, Russian River stuff. Um, yeah. you, you could Surprisingly get it. making its way kind of everywhere now, which is great. Yeah, you could get all the like the consecration, supplication, all those wonderful wild. Where, where are you finding that in North Carolina? Uh, that's fair. Brent, Brent, Brent's like, oh, hold it's on, where do I get be, that? <laughs> I might just be like a friend of a friend. There's no Russian river on the on the shelves, my friend. Yeah, again, the only place we could get it is in Philadelphia. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know if we get it in Colorado. Um, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen Lost Abbey or Russian River on the shelves anywhere. I mean, 
Well, I can't. I, I, I can't think of shells, like but I do. Case of Cantillon once a year, and yeah, I can't remember the last bottle. time that I went into and like hunted down a beer on a shelf. But I'll find stuff, especially throughout COVID. Draft went crazy. Like people who definitely did not have distro rights were showing up on. Oh drafts, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Wild uh, West during that time for sure. Oh yeah, yeah Wild West. Awesome, but because it was cool hard for anyone to pay attention, all. right? Any anyone to to get out there and really just investigate. Shops were closed up, things were boarded up. It was it was a tough time for anyone to well, do any stuff, real stuff with regulation. Shipping, shipping through the mail, like, yeah, and they didn't even care. They're like, whatever, <laughs> stuff's got to get through. Where everything's yeah, locked also, down. Also, if anyone yeah. from the ALE is listening, not true. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. yes, yes. It, it, I meant to. Yeah. I meant to start it with it allegedly, allegedly, and then. Happening. <laughs> Uh, we like to call it yeast samples. That's what yes. we call it as. So yes. it's yes. not yes. really yeast anything like that. Yeah, anytime, just... anytime I sent anything to GABF or <laughs> yeah. World Beer Cup, it yep. was a yeast sample yeah. going there. Now, how do they expect people to get stuff over there if you didn't use that stuff? But whatever. We're, we won't get into that. Uh, listen, we're, again, our Zoom is running out. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to promote your uh, various uh, – uh, businesses and areas. We'll start with Emily, ladies first. Yeah, yeah. Um, give us the full breakdown, uh, ideas, uh, again, stuff that you're uh, involved in with now, and then, of course, all contact information where people can uh, find out more. Thank you so much for the op. Um, you can find us at radcraftbeer.com and across social media channels at the handle radcraftbeer. Something that we're working on right now that I'm really excited about that Riverbend is a part of and we'll have to get you in on next year, Dissolver Friends, mm. is um, a coloring book that features the logos of That's 25 fun. of our beer, malt, and whiskey partners. You can find more information about that coloring book. All of the proceeds go to the James Beard Foundation. And... Um, you can find not only an online downloadable copy, but also um, you can order a printed version at radcraftbeer.com slash industry relief. Very cool. Um, by the way, Dissolver's logo, really fucking cool. Really cool. And really that's, cool. That, that's something I would I want to like color with like very fine tip pens <laughs> and just get it really nice. It looks no really coloring cool. outside the lines. No, but it, it you got it. If you looked at the uh, <laughs> the uh, promo that I put yes, out, the, for the cool. those for me, really cool. Uh, Vincent, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about Dissolver, where people can find it, what's going on in the near future, and of course, all the uh, contact information. Oh boy, uh, Instagram and Facebook is probably the best way to reach out to us. We've got a smallish team of marketing people who will respond in kind pretty quickly. Um, uh, we produce everything from super traditional beers in terms of lagers and pub ales that we take a painstaking amount of effort to put into <laughs> yeah. to everything all the way up to like weird, stupid, heavily fruited dry hop smoothie cheesecake whatever beers um gotta be I've there had, in the market today hey it's if you're gonna attract the right clientele they're not coming there alone so the right. people who are gonna drink a seltzer a cider a mixed culture beer a cheesecake beer a lager they're probably all hanging out together and if you're not gonna be able to service all of them good luck getting the next round they're gonna move somewhere else yeah. so our our uh, MO is just kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, and it is kind of strange because it sounds like we just wouldn't have the quality or attention to detail there. But 
by doing a little bit of everything and siloing each of those things into buckets, you can pay attention to how that bucket individually represents that section of everything else. So you actually can pay quite a bit of attention to detail if you don't change too much as the next release comes out. So long-winded way of saying we pay like an excruciating <laughs> amount of uh, attention to everything that we do, but we do seemingly just fire a buckshot at everything. Um, and then my business partner does all of our graphic design, social media, and it's the weirdest possible thing. <laughs> but There's it's, it's identifiable. Uh, baby fod dancing that I can't get out of my brain. It's, it is the <laughs> Ally McBeal. He found a 3D rendering of the baby from the baby. Ally McBeal and then put my face on it. You remember wow. early in the internet how, how viral that became? How yeah. crazy that was! That's Such an interesting thing early on in the internet that that yeah. just kind of made its way. Uh, Brent, yeah. really quick before I, I run out of time here, um, give us the big thing. I mean, congratulations, of course, on the ten year anniversary. Um, and, and what are we looking at now for the future? What um, and then we didn't even ask you, you know, like what are some of those big breweries that you're partnering with or will be partnering with in the future? Yeah, I mean we we've got uh, you know nice partnerships with with the big big guys like uh, you know Sierra New Belgium Wicked Weed and uh, the distilling space is big and getting bigger for yeah. us. Um, you can find us at Riverbend Malt uh, on Insta and Facebook. Um, uh, and yeah, open for you know tours uh, for brewers that are in town and. I love doing the concierge service, uh, pointing people to where to eat and drink around town when they come visit. Asheville's a hell of a place. Uh, mm -hmm. Tons of great uh, places to eat and drink and hike and mountain bike and fish. And down there. I yeah. love pointing people to all of it. So come check us out. Guys, I mean, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with us tonight. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, anyone that wants to get in contact with you, uh, talk uh, malt from up here in the Northeast, uh, definitely do some collabs. We're very interested in to see how the um, beer maker beer will turn out. Uh, we're going to be posting pictures of everything. And, Vincent, I got FedEx information. Oh, my God. Did the box show up? No, not today. Ah, it was scheduled okay. for tomorrow. And no. I was like, oh, no. I, that's why oh. we've been drinking the beer here tonight. So here's what I'll do. I, I'm going to say the minute we get it, uh, we're going to have it between the, the three of us, uh, Mike, Pete, and Steve, and we'll do some posts for the internet. And, and what I, my thought was is we'll, we'll hold on to like one or two, um, and then maybe next Monday or maybe the following Monday or, or whenever Steve actually you know gets the beer or I get the beer going in the beer maker, we'll do like a live stream on Instagram with all of it. We'll do the Dissolver. We'll do the Riverbend malt beer that we're doing. We'll do something just outside of just a normal show, and, and that way we kind of tie it all together uh, with you guys. And, uh, again, thanks a lot uh, for hanging out. I really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. Great. Yeah, uh, I will this is also, so fun. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. If, uh, can I do one very also tiny plug? Yeah, go. Cool. Yeah, single cool. origin uh, Riverbend malts. So if anybody's ever interested in what a specific malt tastes like from Riverbend, follow us and then find that beer because we do it pretty regularly. It's every two weeks we drop a lager. So at least twice a month we're dropping one single origin thing from Riverbend is usually how it works out. Awesome. That's great, man. We will appreciate look out for that, that and we'll uh, try to get it up on our social media as soon as possible. Really appreciate you guys being in tonight. Emily, Brent, and Vincent from their various Radcraft. 
Riverbend Malt and Dissolver. Thanks so very much, guys. Guys, thank you so uh, much. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. It was fun. We'll Here's talk. Everyone. Peace out. Well, really appreciate them for hanging out tonight. That was a, yeah. a great time with them. Wow. I mean, uh, it, besides the, the Zoom not cooperating like I thought it would, you know, we were supposed to get a, a free, unlimited service. I've had it for years now since the pandemic started. And all of a sudden, magically pops up. You could have done two hours with each one of them individually. Absolutely. Like, I feel like 100%. there's so much mm. that's been left 100%. unsaid. 100%. Yeah. Like, that was Well, that we'll was explore great. that in Season 7. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got plenty of years ahead of us. Uh, I realized that I, I could probably do this for a little longer. Uh, much to Pete's chagrin and, and Steve looking at me like, how long do I got to fucking do I this? Know. You well, signed a contract, sir. No, since... You did? I was... No, I didn't sign anything. <laughs> I was... I was I was on like, hey, wow, it's going to be ending soon. So <laughs> nope. Now what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be hanging out. and You're going to be brewing with other people. I'm going to be, uh, which I'll be doing tomorrow. Well, by the way, uh, did this give you any like. Uh, I fucking wish. Inspiration. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I wish that I knew about Riverbend when we were open. Really? Yes. I would have yeah. definitely gotten. Some special I, I, malt, some custom malt, malt or something. Um, just again, tasting the malts that mm-hmm. I had, I had gotten. Which, by the way, would you get? We didn't even say. I mean, you said sunrise wheat, but what else? What, what were the other malts? Uh, it was sunrise wheat. There was a uh, Munich malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a. I'm trying to think what else. I think I got three malts from them. Okay. Total. And we're using all three in that yep. brew. Yep. Yeah. And and so. Talk us through this because uh, people that, uh, especially Sheila, um, like our beer maker and and really are interested in this. How is this? And you've done the research. How does this process go? You had to put into like some sort of a. They they actually have their own uh, formula maker, right? Uh, and it's a template, and it gives you like the percentages of so, everything that you wanted so depending on what you're brewing. I I knew the percentages of what the beer is mm-hmm. so now it's taking i'm taking it from a 14 barrel batch right drop it down, down to, to one, one gallon, gallon. <laughs> um so I, I punched in so I, I put in the, the but it works yeah i put work. it i put in the malts mm-hmm. and i put the percentages of each malt so it broke it down into so many you know uh you know 600 you know grams of this and mm-hmm. 400 grams of that and, and it was uh, pretty easy right there's like a calculator it's, involved it's, in everything it's uh, if you've never worked with it, yeah. it, it might take you, you know, maybe a half hour to fit. It's, well, it's, in layman's terms, it's, we're scaling it down to a one-gallon yes, batch. It's, and it's, for, for anybody that's brewed, yeah, it's just like what you've used before software-wise. Mm. Uh, and there's so many different, like, beer. Uh, there's um, uh, Brewsmiths and all these different uh, yeah. websites. Yeah. It's just like it. And it's what it does, and, and then it calculates the water. That you need because you can only put so much grain and so much water in this beer maker. Right. And we're using what? 700 milliliters? 600 milliliters? Uh, no. Uh, um, water wise, it's like. Uh, what are we? Because s- I. Uh, 600. Uh, 6,000. 6,000. Millil- milliliters. Milliliters, yeah. Um, of, uh, oh, actually, for this beer, I want to say it's 6,300 milliliters of water. Mm-hmm. And the amount of, uh, of grain is. Get the ratio to whatever. It's. Yeah, yeah. Like a pound and a half. Yeah. It's really it's, it's a minimal a amount, but so they were able to supply it, which was awesome. Yes. Yeah, um, and, and that green, I actually went on, found the website for homebrews mm-hmm. that had Riverbend malt. So, and and anybody listening, if you go on, punch in Riverbend malt, they actually their website is extremely 
proactive for a professional and a home brewer. Really? Um, you, especially more for a professional. Yeah. Um, you can look at all the different malts that they have. Mm. They give you all the information that you would want, whether it be analytics, um, when they have it, when they don't have it, how much they have of it. Uh, and we really didn't get into it a whole lot. Again, like Tom, Tom said, said, we could have done two hours with each of them. Yeah, for easily. sure. Uh, they will customize a malt for for your which is so interesting. Brewery. It's so interesting how you, they have to go through that process just to get you what you were looking for. When you go onto their website, it literally breaks it down into steps. Really, um, and they, you know, they will contact you. They will ask you, hmm. "What are you looking for?" Um, and you give it to them, and they will make a certain amount of it, and they will send you a sample of it. You you'll taste that sample, not beer wise, but you'll taste it. Right. They will brew a small amount of it in their their little five barrel system, mm-hmm. and whether it be just using one grain, you know, like a like a mash type of thing, right. uh, a single mash, and you can taste it and see how that came out, hmm. along with the analytics. And then if you want it, they will produce it for you. Now, quick test time. Tom, what did you learn today? I learned <laughs> that uh, apparently the... the Zoom. No. Well, don't trust that. Zoom. We can't say that. The fact that they only got started 10 years ago mm-hmm. and there was such little known about the process back then. Well, at least to them, but yes. yes. Right, but like he had no resources to go... That's true. And There's figure no things establishment out. here. So I found that pretty fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I was going to make the comment where, like breweries, you want to open a brewery. Yeah. There's a shit ton of information. Whether you had any brewing knowledge or whatever. Right. You could open a brewery. I don't know how good it's going to be. Right. But you can open a brewery. And, right. and there's just breweries everywhere. Right. And you could go in and maybe get a job or, you know, Become friends with the brewer. Or yeah, you could, you could learn. Is an easy could, learning curve. Yeah, Malthouse does. No, <laughs> yeah, no, unless you go down to Riverbend uh, or somewhere upstate New York, where there's some Hudson Valley Malt I, or something. I, yeah, which Hudson is Valley Malt I truly liked when they uh, again they said that yeah. it's a craft Malthouse. Yeah, like they started out like, let's see how this fucking goes. Yeah, let's try to make something. And, and what I what I meant to ask him in that second session was, you know, the farm. The idea of what they're doing is is locally sourcing their ingredients. I know he mentioned that, mm-hmm. but like the amount of farm space you need. I know they have their own farm space, but to to satisfy Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, oh. Wicked Weed, <sighs> you have to have so many growers in the area, you know, on board to get that malt to you. I would like to know what the acreage <laughs> no no the, just the sheer oh, acreage no in in north carolina in south carolina yeah. in tennessee anything the bordering yeah. you know states how, how much green do they, how much how much you have how much green do they produce <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's got to be enormous and, and on top of that is that they all might be growing the same barley but depending upon location it changes its flavor profile. It's yeah. like growing grapes. If well, you, for wineries, some of the big so. wineries in Virginia, they have they have areas all around all around the state, right? Where it's different. It, it gets different well, weather. Yeah. California, so weather, yeah, it's literally miles, like five miles away. 
It's different from too much. You can only have, you know, red wine grapes. Where (laughs) right on the bay, like San Francisco, it's all Chardonnays and and right. It's it's pretty crazy. By the way, the Mets are winning seven to two. That's a big big win uh, tonight if they need to get that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Really quick, how the Yankees doing? Uh, they're off tonight. Oh, that's right. They're yeah. off tonight. Judges on the precipice of uh, Babe oh, Ruth 60. Yeah. I got my tickets for Thursday night's oh. game, which is when I'm projecting he breaks the record. And so. that's against well, the Sox? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, he's not breaking. He's breaking the Yankee record. Uh, the American the League Amer- record. The American, American League, League record. Which uh, or is the Maris. non-steroid yes. record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, which no one's really saying anything. Well, well, let's, well breaking, uh, let's save that for... Surpassing uh, 61. Yeah. For, yeah. for a New York sports mafia night, you yeah. know, we'll try yeah. to get B-Mail back no, in. but I'm hoping I uh, get a lotto ticket. I got my seats out in right field, oh. so I'm Can you bringing, imagine? A, bringing a shank. Can you imagine if Tom catches... I'm um, bringing <laughs> a shank. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a fishing net, like a crabbing net. Yeah. He's thinking, I'm stabbing the guy. Bring that Let's get shanks made out of plastic forks from the vending machine. He doesn't want to go beyond, like, I don't want to reach further than this i'd rather no. stab the guy and yeah. get the ball from him stab stab i'm feeling sad. a little kid in the head it's a life-changing oh. thing man no, it is that. i would feel i would love to be the guy who and again i'm not going to hijack the show make it a sports show no but no the guy who caught jeter's 3000th hit can you imagine that gave it to him with no asking of anything and nope. the yankees just gave him season tickets memorabilia yeah. the whole nine well i would go to judge and say listen i don't want to be poor anymore you saw what's what, <laughs> what <laughs> be poor anymore you saw what pull pull holes uh, he's on the precipice of 700 yeah it's yeah. crazy he, he one of the one of the last home runs he hit he told the kid to keep it right keep it yeah yeah, because the kid was wanted the ball more Can than anything Can you imagine else. that? Like, he's like, yeah, now you're right. going to grow up It means more to you on. than to me. I'm yeah. like, yeah, because he's going to... Awesome. Yeah, it's one of 698. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of many. Um, really quick, uh, Charlie, I want to talk about this pumpkin because this is not mm. typically the pumpkin that I would drink. This is a pumpkin... Saison. It's a pumpkin. It's a, I well, you got Steve to drink it, so it's got to be hefty. He's drinking it, but he's 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 well, muscling through it. The only, the only reason why I drink no, it I'm is I'm going to drink the shit out of this because this is this is a pumpkin saison. I'm, I'm sitting I'm, here. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm right and, here. <laughs> he's <laughs> my, he's been no, my mentor no, all these years. No, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I remember another brewery that did a pumpkin saison, mm-hmm. and then 1940s did a pumpkin saison right after them. Yeah, it was better. This Did it better. rhyme with Mirage? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Did you do a pumpkin? But pump? they were two different. They yeah. Were, oh, well, oh, yeah. He, I know what he used in his pumpkin. Yeah. We used something different. All right. So tell me about it. I, I'd love to hear about this. Cause he puts toenails in. <laughs> toenails. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has the. Uh, for, for the horror. When he was, sitting, Halloween, in, when right. he was sitting in the camps of the Civil War, he just collected toenails <laughs> in tea bags. <laughs> and he steeps, oh, <laughs> he steeps it in Civil War. That's what this is. This isn't really the Headless Horseman. No. This is just an old school uh, Civil War reenactment yeah, person. Well, That's yeah. <laughs> Tell no seriously. Tell us a little bit about this process. This is a, a pumpkin saison, which pumpkin not out. every brewery does a pumpkin right. saison. Nobody does it, and that's why I like that he's doing it. Agree. <laughs> well, it's this is something we, as you can tell by the name, mm-hmm. F and pumpkin. Mm-hmm. It tells you basically <laughs> we don't care. Like, Give a fuck. We, I, I right. gotcha, I'm with you. Uh, we, we, we're not we're not real pumpkin fans. And but you are a Saison fan, well, and you wanted something with that well, that uh, uh, that it goes bitterness back, to it. You have to today. You funk. have you, you have ha- to have a pumpkin 
in your tasting room. You do. Yes, you have and to. Let's have just to. say that because and we you, you did know not want to brew the traditional pumpkin the way everything is. Mm-hmm. So we opted to do it with a Belgian yeast strain. Okay. And it was. It came out. Everybody loved it. So it's been a constant. Everybody. All I hear. We hear. We hear. When's the pumpkin coming? Yeah. When's the pumpkin? And it, you know we're trying. And, and now that we're distributing, it's mid-August. When's it, your pumpkin it, coming? <laughs> July fifteenth. They want the da- they oh want the God. pumpkin beer in the distributors so that the heat can send it to all the other. Pl- I go like, oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's basically because we 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 brewed it with saison yeast, and how we ended up with that is because we brewed a beer, mm-hmm. a saison. Called Michelle Jean. Ah, yes, I know of it. Yep. Okay. There's a reason why it was named that. You know, after a fight with a certain local brewery, and then they found out who I was, they mm-hmm. apologized. Um, Billy but, Jean. But we, we <laughs> no, we changed changed the name from yeah. what it was to Michelle Jean okay. in honor of my niece who was on Flight 800. So the yeast from that, we said, okay, what are we going to do? Well, we need to make a pumpkin. Let's make a pumpkin sale. And that was it. Boom. Yeah. You know, and we've been doing it every year ever since. It's a different taste. It's different than your sweet pumpkins, your your pumpkin ales. This has a little bit of that funk, and I like that as part of the pumpkin backbone. You know what I like about it? Yeah. I have the the end of it. Well, but but you I got the, the front end. color. Yeah, it, it looks yeah. very very good. My first pour was that, but at, at the end here, you know, you could tell, you know, th- there's there's enough spices that vanilla, all those uh, other all, all the spices, adjuncts that you're right. going into that. Well, it's basically the pumpkin puree, mm-hmm. the the yeast, and uh, a little bit of pumpkin spice. Yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> we don't overdo it because we don't want. We first of all, we don't rim glasses in the tasting room. Good you want for you. a pumpkin, you get a straight up pumpkin. Yeah. It doesn't need it. No. You don't we don't want the sugar and everything you don't else want it to, to spoil. To it. take away from the Saison funk. That's right. so good. Right. So, we love a good Saison. You don't you need know. people making out with your glasses either. Oh. Right. Yeah. Licking the, licking the, the rims. Oh. And the, well, the cleaning you know, of that. People, oh, now, you people guys, don't you guys understand. Use, you guys you have use glassware. We use glassware. So to so yeah. clean that you have to pre clean that with a scrubby before you go into the dishwasher. You don't have to tell me. I've done plenty of glasses here yeah. where if they didn't follow my recipe, which is not honey, not caramel, it's just water. Water. Yeah. Water. Warm. And then warm water, or actually cold water, and then you can actually pull it right out of the ice, dip it right into the sugar, and it almost hardens. Well, okay. And make it, it's like rock candy around, but it, very easy, it just peels right off and it'll come right off in the dishwasher the honey does not come right no, off in no, the dishwasher no, honey will not it's come terrible off. and oh. it, it goes all on the glass no, and then you sticky honey. hands yuck and, dude and, and you have to how have many how many people have you been i maybe at, you don't like pumpkin no. right so no. maybe you haven't been to a, a restaurant or a bar that I've serves n- it i've never dripping down the sides the it's so bad i can't stand or, it or plastic cup right oh who the a hooda. <laughs> hooda what a I gotta say, I'm glad you brought the uh, change in Jamaica because the last time I went to go order it at the Villager, 
Mm -hmm. I think it tapped as I was ordering it. Oh. Like, I'll take the number all. What the fuck? He's taking it down. <laughs> Damn it. So I'm glad you brought that. It is very good. It's one of my favorite styles, one of my favorite beers. And, uh, you know, keep keep making stuff like that because that's oh. what separates well, well, 1940s from wait. some of the breweries on Long Island. The we pretzel have, beer you had at the beginning of the summer was phenomenal, too. Yes. Get in the hole, the freaking no. Adam Sandler. Uh, uh, that's great can yeah, art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told my friend Roger, who came to your establishment yesterday, and I told mm -hmm. him to tell you to come through. Um, he texted me. He's like, I'm, I'm at 1940s. I'm like, good. So he's not a craft drinker. He's a, a Miller Lite guy. He, he drinks a lot. He was drinking a lagers. Lagers, right. So I said to him, you know, from he goes, what's your favorite beers? I said, In Bloom, uh, Change of Jamaica, and then, you know, whatever, Column Shifter. Um, there's a couple of that just staples well, that, that you that, guys have. Yeah, it's a problem. Column yeah. Shifter is kegged, waiting to go on tap. All the tap lines are full. <laughs> oh, mm. And behind that. Yeah, we have two other beers. Anything? Ooh, anything uh, holiday related? Oh yes. <laughs> but before we get to holiday related, this is a beer coming out that the hops were only available the first time in that we knew of in the U.S. We had to wait almost two years for this. Really? Yeah, we placed a contract order for this. At what point do you take something off the line to get that on? Uh. No, we're patient. We wait. Okay, all right. It can stay. It can uh, wait. It's okay to well, rest. Well, it's going to be canned. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. Uh, so be on the lookout for Nectaron of the Gods. Oh. Oh, jeez. Mm. Yes. IPA? Yes. New Zealand Nectaron. Single, double, hops. double dry hop? What do we Double have? dry hop. Mm. All. All of the hops. Yeah. Like it. Yes. Um, if, if you look up what Nectaron hops are, yeah. Unless you know, I mean, he might know. He's been. But he's been around. Yeah, he's been around. He's a, he's, he's the, just like the, oh, the other beer. I've been around. The other beer is a winter ale with spices. Ooh, yes. ah, I love a winter. Uh, well, we've been waiting a long time to do one like this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the argument is: is it a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? <laughs> Well, all I can tell you... Are you, you talking about Die Hard? Yeah. You're talking about Die Hard? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the argument. Is it Die Hard? Is welcome, it a Christmas movie? Welcome, or is it welcome to Hans Grubier. Ah, I like it. Mm. And Hans, is it is it an Han, ale? Hans is all over the, the, the... It's a winter ale. Okay. There you go. Hans is all over it, and so is the police car, the <laughs> helicopter, and the, the with tower. With uh, Carl... Uh, ba not Carl Banks. What's the name of the guy from... Uh, uh, with Urkel, he was in it, but I can't think of the oh, father's yeah. name. Um, well, it, Carl. His name is Carl, but I couldn't think of his last name. We, we got, we got, we got Hans covered. Okay, let's put it this way. There you go. And uh, that label, Hans Gruber. <laughs> that's that's that beer is, you know, it has the label is being done. The beer is going to be brewed. What do you have coming up for this uh, next fall season, winter season? What's what are the big events? That are happening at the brewery. I saw you had a cigar night. We had cigar night, our sixth anniversary. That's yeah, a big one. Uh, coming up in no, probably November, December. We haven't set the date yet for our mug club party, mm. which we have about 130 it's a lot. plus it's a mug lot club of members. Mugs. Yeah. I mean, we were like, normally the order is 144. I think we're yeah. six short of sellout. Jesus. You know, and... Um, uh, we have that, and we will definitely be defending 
Cask Fest. The Cask Festival. Oh, shit. That has we will be live at the Blue Point that, Cask that, that has been in my tasting room. Oh, shit. I, you know what? I got sp- to buy that vendor fee. I get, remind me again. Oh, yeah. I didn't do it yeah, yet. You better do uh, it. We got plenty of time. We got uh, time. It's right. like two months away. So, I know. A month so, and a half. Yeah, it's October sometime. This year. Yeah. I want you to be <laughs> a gentleman this year. Uh, well, he wasn't a gentleman last year? No, he was what? not. No. He was upset because... I could care less. Uh, I, I, said don't have, hello, I don't I have a brewery. To, I said hello to Steve. I said hello to you. Yes. I said hello to Pete. We were hanging out. We were having a good time. Be a gentleman. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be brash. No, um, no. He wasn't brash. Saw winner. Saw winner. He still won. I understand that. Okay. I was but, a winner. Uh-huh. but he was very, very. It's not just him. He's not oh, wait, the only wait, one wait, on wait, social wait, media. I, if you're talking about the guy, and I will, uh, I, I will say reprimand him. <laughs> that won the IndyCast Fest. Ah, okay. And challenged everybody on social media to say he was bring going it. to take it down. Bring it, bring it. Okay. So I was just playing with Paul. <laughs> I was just, I was I mean, just really. <laughs> I was just toying with the boy. <laughs> I was I was just throwing. I didn't expect it to happen. I figured, you know. You I, laid the gauntlet down. That's I, what it is. I, I mean, oh. I saw this posted in my face. By the way. Every few days <laughs> that he was going to take it, and then he's <laughs> going to take it again at the IndyCast Festival. By the way. So I, when, I threw down a challenge. When, but you, this is good challenge, and, and though. I, wait a minute. This, this forces wait, you both to really then, then I turn said, it up. Right. And then I said to him, if it's not me, uh-huh. it'll be somebody else. Oh. Because <clears> I, uh, there's a lot of great breweries who bring some great how do you, stuff to how, this event. How do you win this award? You're the first cast kicked at the, uh, uh, of the day. Right. Okay. Where, when people walk in, where do you sit? Where, where is your normally? Where is your brewery? That's all up well, to, uh, to uh, the. Uh, that, uh, that's all, right. all to the point. Okay. Now that's this is what I'm going to say. Do you get to choose when when no, the line? But he, maybe maybe no, he's he's when, a number oh, oh. brewery, right? So, so we're, he's we're, the very first. Oh, I hold see. On, hold on. But hold that, that on. doesn't matter. Wait, it still matters wait, when the kick wait, kicks. Wait, wait. You were busy outside <laughs> with the war. When they brought the people in, they marched them all the way down the line and into and the corral. Into the cor- down there. Yes. So people now, had ju- to come past. All the breweries on that one side and, to come up to my. And brewery. I'm just being the devil's advocate here because I've heard many things. The other one is when you're pouring the beer into the cup, you're actually supposed to close the spigot. When you <laughs> give it to the people, oh, come on, come on. You don't you keep letting the it. Fraction pour. of an ounce <laughs> that <Yeah>. drips out. <laughs> Look at him; he's just like, "You got to be shitting me here with this." So with this quarter actual, of an ounce, actual <laughs> good news. <laughs> The thrill in Manila over I here. Just, I just wouldn't. I know. You're busting balls. Did you guys see? He's breaking chops because, you know. Yeah. Did you yeah. see who's playing this year's Cat Yes, Fest? it's the Whooped Tour Band, bro. Yes. Yeah, man. Yes. It's going to be a good time. We yes. will be live at Blue Point uh, Cast Festival this year. Um, we're going to be uh, broadcasting live from the festival. Uh, as I understand it, as far as I heard with my ears on the ground, Barrage is not nope. having a second cast this year. No, they're not. Not this Tough. time. So that opens up the field to 
like Charlie said, any of the breweries who can wait, produce wait, wait, a really wait, great beer. Wait. And listen, he's right. There was so much good beer there. Yes. We walked around. It was just way too much just, good it's beer. It's just so much good beer. It, it was it, cold it when you got there. We were warmed up by the end of the oh, day. It was great. Yeah. It, was, it was a great time. And, and the thing was, I'm if I had 10 beers, mm-hmm. well, that was a lot. It was. But... You went to one and you had it. And you're like, oh fuck, that's really good. Let me yeah. get some more of that. Let me get some more of that. Yeah. And then you're talking to somebody and he goes somewhere else. And yeah. By the time we got around, a lot of it was kicked. You're correct. Steve, you a lot were pouring. What are you yeah. talking about? Walking around? <laughs> no, his son and, and, and I, I poured right at the end. He did. Very end. He was doing a few just, here and there. We got a couple so good much. shots of that, and that's about it. But we will be live at Blue Point Cast Festival this year, so check us out there. We're going to be uh, at Garvey's Point coming up. We're going to have. Ooh, uh, I just went there at the restaurant. Yeah, how was it? It's ginormous. Yeah, and yeah, beer's we're going to do a live show there. Yeah. We are going to be. Uh, we have Kid Squid coming in. We have uh, a couple of great new breweries coming up, but we're going to kind of round off this year. We wanted to be live. We want to do a lot of live shows towards the end of this year so we're going to do that um charlie i want to give you an opportunity to kind of plug 1940s f and pumpkin where can people find it uh change jamaica all that other you know happy dippies well and the new and the newbies coming out yeah Yeah. everything will be in our tasting room as it is released Mm. it'll be also on tap and in cans you will find it in most all the distributors if you're looking for f and pumpkin change of jamaica in bloom uh, just oh, tap it in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, check out the end cap display at Total Wine. And we're also available in your local areas, like in Belport at Belport Cold Beer and Soda. Dave's Cold, Dave Cold, Cold Beer, Beer and Soda. Soda. Gotta have Dave's Cold Beer and Soda. Um, really quick, any major events coming up besides you're going to be at the Cast Festival? Anything else that you're planning on for the events? Um, no. Okay. We're just, that's the big you know, one. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the, the fall. Yeah, that's the big one. That's the one in the fall. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Defending the title. Yeah. Well, we have, you know, we have to. Yes. Know, we, we can't, we cannot not walk away. And uh, <laughs> I'm winning it this year. <laughs> you're not even in it but this you're year. No, you're not in it. <laughs> but it's, it's an open competition. Yeah. And whoever wins it. Let me tell you, it, it's 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 an experience. So you know? check it out. Buy your tickets. Go to Blue Point yes, Brewing yes, and get, get your tickets now because it is the premier event on Long Island. Blue Point's Cast Festival coming up. I forget the dates, but it's in October. It's November, November 5th. First weekend in November. You're right. First weekend in November. Wow. Can't miss it. It's going to be awesome. You know. We're excited. It there's a, like I said, you have. We also have a lot of new breweries that are probably going to be in yeah, there. Yeah, be interesting to see what they and, show and up see with. See what they show up yeah. with. Look, you know, that's it's the challenge. anybody's game. It, right, it, it's anybody's game. So every year, whoever does it has got to step up the game for the next year. That's it, and that's the challenge. Tom, quick thoughts before we get out of here. Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to check out? Uh, yeah. I mean. Thanks for having me once again. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time. Thanks for hanging out and um, drinking with us, Thomas. Recently uh, got approached by the boys in Off Guard. Going to be working on a video with them oh, uh, cool. this fall. Nice. Yeah, nice. little lyric video, some, uh, you know, October vibes. So we're going to hit a pumpkin patch or things like that. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah beyond that, it, no, I mean, we, we hit on everything. I mean, getting to uh, finally taste the change of Jamaica, like I was telling Charlie. Yeah. You know, it kicked right at the local when I was trying to order it. So I'm <sighs> glad I was able to grab it and uh yeah just looking forward to those fall and you know winter beers coming out and 
Gonna make my I, way all around. I keep yeah. seeing everybody's coming out with fest beers. And yeah, I'm so happy. I'm interested in and in see what happy. people can make here. Oh, 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 who was it? Somebody just recently had an alt beer. I Ooh. can't remember who it was. Well, I mean, we we love the alt beer from uh, Long Beach. I mean, that's, yes. that's a delicious yes. one. Um, really quick, uh, we really want to thank uh, our friends down in North Carolina for checking in with us today. Brent from uh, Riverbend. Uh, Emily from Radcraft, and of course Vincent from Dissolver. We'll be posting some information, and more than likely, uh, I'm off Monday and Tuesday of next week. If you want to get together with maybe Pete, and we'll go to Hopscotch and just taste everything. If I can get that beer together uh, in the next, you know, week or two, uh, then we can do something like that. Maybe by Tuesday, it's eight day uh, tomorrow. I'm I on vacation that week. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch! All right, we'll do something. No, maybe two. I'm weeks. not going anywhere. Oh, you're off. I'm off. Oh, right. So at the very least, we'll maybe do something live from. And if from anybody's Hopscotch. around uh, on the 24th, mm-hmm. if you want to join me at Five Burrows, oh yes, Brewing Company. It's their fifth anniversary. That's crazy. Five Burrows and five. Yeah, Ooh, that's and uh, I will be there with a, with a bunch of. Friends and you say bells around your neck. We're going to really be, and I'm going to have a bunch of big tiny juicies and oh, tiny yeah. juicies. How many tiny juicies can you do? Oh, I could drink a twelve pack easily, those. easily, right? Easily. But now those big tiny juicies. Yeah, oh, those guys. Train beers. Train yes. beers. Yes. Uh, parting thoughts before we get out of here. Parting thoughts. Mm. Mm. You mm. know, I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, um, well, you've been out for a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Thank God for Pete being around. Uh, you know what? Mm. Look uh, look out for some new Barrage beers coming. Uh, collaborations yeah. coming in, in the oh, next month. Oh, I know with whomst. In the, yeah, next, oh. in the next month. There you go. Uh, uh, two of, also, two of, anything about Three pets. of them coming. Three of them. Three. Wow, you're a busy man. Three of them. Uh, don't forget to have your pets spayed and neutered. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, DovesRadio.com. We were live on Facebook and YouTube uh, every other Monday night. Uh, check us in our podcast form on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, the Hoplup Network, uh, Amazon, and uh, iHeart. you got to get on Fountain. Yeah, we'll get there. This is yeah. the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, DovesRadio.com, and we out. <laughs> well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.